G'day guys, it is down under Sigma time. It is 2021. It is January and uh, where on earth the year go? Uh, as always, you are here with me, the coach, and you are with Clint, the godfather of Age of Sigma in Australia, probably even the world, to be honest. I'm just going to straight up say that you are uh, the world's grandfather of Age of Sigma. And the sexiest man in Age of Sigma, not Clint, it is Dan AOS Shorts. Uh, I'm sure you know who he is. You've been to his website. You have seen all of the cool stuff, uh, the lists, the tweets, the, the the man who lives, breathes, eats, and a Warhammer hero. I almost forgot. You are a Warhammer hero. Um, where is your medal? You should wear that around the house. <laughs> uh, actually, I do not know where my medal is. It is somewhere packed away. But anyway, evening. Good to see you guys. How do you know where your medal is? <laughs> I don't know. When you get so much stuff sent to you, it sort of all disappears somewhere in the hobby room. What a, <laughs> <laughs> what a humble brag. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know where my Warhammer Hero Award is. <laughs> it's over there with the rest of the free stuff. Oh, I don't know. Just, just drowning all in product and free stuff. It's just uh, maybe it's weighing down some of the old battle tomes that I no longer care about. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know where to go from that uh, start. Yeah. Anyway, um, have a new year, lads. It's nice to have you, man. Like, obviously, uh, in a in a different world, a sliding doors moment, we would be all catching up in about two to three weeks' time, uh, and we'd be having an absolute ball when it comes to CanCon. But, um, Clinton, how are you? I didn't get to ask you. How are you going, mate? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm enjoying not having to prep for CanCon. <laughs> so... <laughs> That would be a little bit different, wouldn't it? It would, uh, you what, what would we in, in an alternative universe where you had CanCon happening in two to three weeks' time? What would what would today look like for you, or what would this week look like for you? I would probably have a piece of terrain in my hand painting it while we're talking. Probably that would be, yeah, it's going to be my quietest January for quite some time. You would be preparing for checking lists, uh, because lists would be coming in about maybe next weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. You'd be worrying if G uh, if uh, GW would actually release the FAQs and screw everyone's lists all together. Um, so that's a fun little time. Terrain, last-minute sponsorship. That's that's what I mean. It's a very quiet January, and I'm kind of okay with it, to be honest. And, it's good to have uh, a break. And I imagine also getting some brownie points before you disappear from the family. But uh, this is the time you get the bank up, right? Absolutely. What would Before you be doing I... this time, Dan? Uh, prepping for CanCon. <laughs> um, either finishing off models or whatever to take to CanCon or plotting Australia's demise in the Tasman Cup, one of the two. Oh, here we go. Here, the humble brag again. Not only my one hero, I would be uh, plotting the demise of the Australians. Uh, well... It's good to have you. Uh, you only won last year because I was doing a painting tutorial with Vince Venturella, so uh, good work on you. But um, <laughs> didn't, didn't they win the year that you played as well, though? I had one game with the squeaks. Literally, <laughs> that was literally the first. The, like, it was like the first game I had with the new Battle Tome squigs, and I played Fraser Barker, and I tried to throw my uh, Mork's Mighty Mushroom six d six 
and I rolled a 13 and hurt myself. So it was that moment where I realized I made a bad decision for the tournament and um, it was all right. I did okay, but um, 66 is not as much as it sounds. No. So how are we all? What's going on? What is happening? How is your January treating you so far? New Year's, what is the dealio? Just painting. Back to painting after a quiet Christmas, pretty much. And and uh, cutting back on models, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. So, so in today's episode, we are going to do a little bit of a reflection on the year that's gone past, the hobby year, which was a rather crazy one uh, from our motivations and incentives. I know for myself, I'm very motivated for tournaments and those deadlines are something that I enjoy. Uh, obviously, we had some challenges. We had new releases. We had a whole bunch of things happen last year. So we'll have a bit of a reflection on what we went through and what was our hobby year like. And then maybe some goals and aspirations and things that we want to achieve uh, in the in the coming, I guess, 12 months. And um, it'll be nice to kind of reflect on this to see how we went, but also to hear what we're striving towards and, um, and what's important to us right now. But Dan, how has your seven days of January treated you so far? It's been good. Um, just enjoying the summer break, some time off work. It's the sort of one decent time of the year to get a long break off work. Um, my work's closed down to the 18th, so we get a nice long break. Enjoying the sun, doing a bit of camping, hitting the beach. Um, it's good. And in the meantime, building skinks. Uh, <laughs> I do love it. I, I see you've got a nice little Christmas card at the back. You've got your custom dice box nice... from Pro Painted. Uh, yeah, nice so little... um, that turned up just before New Year's. So um, I built the stack. So I got the, the sort of dice layer, the measuring sticks layer, um seraphon or dream lizards or whatever it's called tokens um and the one for my deacon um so i built that put that together gonna slap uh some pva on it and start painting it it'll be good you're, really not good seraphon. you're not seraphon um accessories yeah. my dream lizards tokens yep they are pretty cool, and unfortunately, the uh, the oak veneer is out of uh, it's currently out of stock, so I have to wait to, till I get mine. But um, yeah, I, I, I went for the MDF because I wanted to paint it, so I thought, um, because I'm going to go for black and red for mine once I um, seal it up first, of course, in theme, yeah. Or well, as we say, it's on brand, he's. Always got to be on brand, mate. No, I'm not wearing the t-shirt, so. Where's your hat? You need a you need a, a shorts hat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Clint's no. got a hat. I've got a hat. Uh, and get everybody in the chat as well. I've got you know Jonathan. I've got two Jonathans in the chat. I've got Jerome. I've got War Machine. I can see a whole bunch of cool people. So hello, welcome. Um, it'll be nice to actually hear what people, what everyone else is doing at the moment, what their hobby goals are. But uh, Dan, we've got to sort you out with a hat, man. Um, you can't be a content creator without a hat. Don't look good in the hat, mate. <laughs> Does anyone really, though? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say, Glenn? I was more talking about myself, but if you would like to to take that as an insult, you can. All right. Well, I'll take the hat off. I got a fresh haircut today, so I'll take the hat off. This. Um, I'm actually going back to it. <laughs> 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 so sure. too weird. 
the, the cool sensation of those headphones on my head. But we are all here to talk about 2020, to talk about 2021, talk about what we've gone through, what our hobby is, what armies we've picked up, what armies we've put down, what armies we're thinking about picking up. But Clint, what has happened over the last four weeks since we last caught up? What's the dealio? In personal hobby or AOS news? Well, okay. Whatever I like. Well, let's go with, with the AOS news. We had some awesome uh, Slanesh releases or previews on Christmas Day and then another one on New Year's Day. Um, some fantastic uh, different units and uh, battle tone coming. Um, are we excited for that one, guys? Oh, it's Dan. Yes. Dan, what are your yes. thoughts? Oh, it's amazing. It's going to be an awesome release. The models are exceptional. The palanquin looks frankly ridiculous, and I can't wait to see what um, hobbyists do with it. It's going to turn into a million different things. Um, the archers look super cool. I love the steeds of the um, new mounted archers and the javelin guys. Um, and it's great to see some more options for Slanesh, right? to see mortal Slanesh and the lean into sort of more general versions of excess. Um, it's going to mm. be super cool. Yeah, for, for me, that's that's probably the thing I've really enjoyed is just seeing a different version of excess that we haven't seen before. And also, I've always been a fan of um, Al-Maktar's Desert Dogs, the Arabic kind of themed old Warhammer unit. And I've yep. been dying and I've been begging for some type of Arabic, Ara Arabian, Mediterranean type models. And they've just knocked it out of the park. I, I, I love the, the fact that the Palaquin has a shisha, the hooker, smoking device <laughs> on it, like that sold me. Um, I love it. In fact, I had Arabic tonight for dinner. Like that's how much I love it. So um, not, not that they have any connection. I just love Arabic. Oh, and, just, um, just theming your dinner to Warhammer um, previews. I like it. That's Well, that's, if it wasn't for Down Under Sigma, I actually probably would have sat down with the shisha and I would have had shisha and had my uh, fresh head double apple with a hint of lemon or a hint of rose, rose water. But uh, but unfortunately, I had this show. Otherwise, I'd be smoking hooker. No, that's not how it is. But uh, <laughs> it's phrasing. Um. How, how cool! Like speaking of the the new releases and, and speaking about the previews and Dan, um, Dan and Clint, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, the other stuff, Clint, I'm sure you're going to talk, talk about the other stuff that was in that little video, the teaser. Ah, uh, yeah the um, the witch hunter, quite possibly. Like it's quite likely to be a witch hunter there's uh whatever happens to be holding that big axe um there's some cool i think it was like knights or something for 40k um yeah there's lots of cool little preview stuff happening and the cloud the cloud, the cloud. that's yeah. what got me over the line the oh that was card. the hand gesture never mind yeah, that was the monkey magic. I was, I was trying to figure. I'm like, what are you? What have I forgotten? Because I thought you were doing some sort of gun or something. I'm like, what have I forgotten here? And then, no, cloud. Yeah, the cloud. Cinderfall. It's not Goku. It is monkey magic. It is uh, coming from the mountaintop because monkey is funky and he's going to help Lumineth. <laughs> no, okay. because like I don't think there's much to add other than what. Um, Vince and Tom covered in their extensive breakdown, like the 
Um, it's good to see the second half of Teclas Lumineth coming. Um, agree, Tyrion's going to be a long way off, but the sort of second half of Teclas Lumineth would be good. Um, really interested to see the new Death faction. Um, be cool if it sort of leans more into the sort of um, Celtic barrows rather than fan pirates um, to swim against the tide of the endless call for fan pirates. I think Celtic, um, Celtic barrow whites or whatever um, kind of force would um, be cool with a whole load of undead orcs and undead ogres and um, things like that would be very cool. Martin Orlando shaking his fist angrily as he's just, you know, his yeah. um, big display board with all that sort of stuff on it. And he's like, ah, now I could do that army with half of the convert without, you know, having to convert so much. Um, yeah. Trends I love it. I love it. And, uh, and uh, as Cinderfall's also reminding us, the battle llamas, whatever that might look mm. like. Um, like yeah. it's cool that we've got you know we've we've already gone through four nations so far. Uh, the Lumineth book, while I'm no lawmaster, does talk about you know a bunch of the elements and you know starting to unlock those elements to see what maybe the air looks like and what they bring to the table. Yeah, yeah it will be and what sort of mechanics they play with, um, whether they try and bring in new rules mechanics. Um, that are associated with the air or it's just a sort of generic law gloss over um, existing mechanics that we've seen in other books. Mm. But either way, like it's, it's very cool for Lumineth players. Um, uh, you know, oh, definitely, because you read, you read that book and it feels like, as we all have said before, it feels like half a book, right? Mm. Um, because it was sort of half a book's worth of units, clear indication of where they're going. Um, so it'll be good for them to get the other half and a few more options for those forces for um, some more list building options. Yeah. Uh, and again, Cinderfall brings up a good point here is talking about, you know, we've kind of got a bit of a flavor of the river, the air, the mountain, but, you know, what does Zenith look like? Or, you know, we haven't seen a preview to Zenith yet. So, mm. uh, yeah, it'll, it's going to be an interesting year. In terms of that, to answer Luke's question about the Zenith, I think I just think back to that early um, Heesh art that we saw of the sort of um, yellow stepped cigarette pyramid shaped diamonds, mm -hmm. um, sort of building off that for the sense of um, Zenith and enlightenment and peak. And um, um, so we might see a bit of that aesthetic going into that faction or that temple of it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout because that was some of the first previews we saw was that Hish was going to be like these peak, you know, symmetrical, uh, yellowy type pyramids and, you know, prisms. Yeah. Yet we haven't quite seen that yet. So it's a good shout. Yeah. Clint, anything else that's happened since we last caught up? Um, what have we got? We've got the new store anniversary models that got previewed earlier this week. So new beastman model. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got the the Stormcast chap with the uh, axe hammer and Minotaur head accessory, and uh, and also a Necron Cryptek as well. So quite cool models. Yeah, that Cryptek was one that had been um, floating around in the back of some of the early army shots um, from a few months ago. Um, mm. So I think that one had been seen before, but they—it's um, always good I, to see a, a good picture of it. 
Yeah. I know I know the K player, but just watching the Necron releases has just been exceptional. You know, being like my last 40k games were in the 90s, you know, I think around fourth, fifth edition maybe. And just seeing how Necrons have kind of evolved and and what they're doing now to kind of reimagine does get me excited to what they might eventually reimagine. You know, things like vampires, for example. You know, people have rumored, and Warhammer Weekly was talking about this week. Um, you know, the potentially a plastic uh, soul blight kit. What? How do they reimagine that? Seeing what they've already done to Sisters of Battle, seeing what they've done with Necrons, seeing what they've done with some of the uh, the the Primarchs and the Lords. So. Um, I think that's really cool. But the store model, um, give me something that's not Stormcast, guys. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not a fan of this one. The I don't know. It just feels off to me. I feel like, it's sh- like if he's holding the head, he should be sort of maybe leaning on the axe or holding the head out or like it just kind of is to me posed a bit funny because sort of like one of his hands is sort of down and then the other one's holding the head which is also down and yeah i don't know and he has a awful um haircut but anyway you can always change the head but i just think the pose is slightly off i will i will slightly correct you here and say that it's not a he uh the article yeah no 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 that's fine that's fine it's something that i kind of uh kind of get glossed over a little bit but uh, I think it's one of our first gender-neutral pronoun uh, models. So I think they refer to it as they or them. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Then, then they updated the article in the next sentence, said he. Oh, did so, they? Yeah, it was. Um, it said they to start, and then they updated the article. Oh, I, I, I might have to revisit the article. That was that's, That one's missed me. I remember seeing it as very neutral language. Yeah, no, I, I saw I saw a few people thinking of it as sort of a missed opportunity on that point, but um, that's people far more qualified to talk about these things can cover that than I can. Yeah, yeah. I, I had heard it being referred to as he, which is why I continued yeah. on with that. But yeah, no, that would be a good point. We, although we have had um, we have had a couple of female storm models, which has been really good. Like I think the last two were female, so that's really awesome. Um, mm. Not to say that we can't have more, or you know, it's about time and it's a man, but just like we have had a good gender diversity in the Stormcast um, store models, yeah, going you know for the last couple of years, which is good. Yeah, and I lo- I love Larissa, for example. We're, look, we're not going to go too deep into this. I think we're we know we're we're going down yeah. a rabbit hole. That is a different episode. We want to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, either way, I, I thought it was quite cool what they had released, um, but. Uh, certainly, yeah, they've had, they've had a couple of cool Stormcast models for me. Uh, I would love to see them revisit. I know they did a Nighthaunt one some time ago. I'd love to see something else. Maybe it was Slanesh, maybe an opportunity to update a, an older sculpt that isn't in the plans for, say, Warcry or um, uh, Underworlds. Maybe. But, yeah. I, I, it's, I, I think 40K players are happy that it's not a Space Marine fonts. Yeah. Um, so they got their win this year. We might have our win next year. Any, anything else has happened? I um, just I was just looking at my notes. As soon as we lulled, I went into my notes. Ah, uh, we had the armies on parade uh, judging uh, through Warhammer TV. I'm not sure who uh, 
watch that or um because i know anthony you have an episode with one of the winners yeah i i, I, so, I had a, a recent chat last week with kit who uh was a featured winner on that article so that was really cool because i had submitted an armies on parade board uh i was very skeptical that i would even get a mention considering i broke like the first rule um and that is you're not meant to mix kits especially lord of the rings kits with with uh with uh yeah yeah the the new line cinema stuff so um unfortunately for me my, my my display board was about a gargant raiding a city and there are no houses in age of sigma terrain kits unfortunately so i had to tap into the um the rohan kit and i knew that i'd be dancing a fine line so not that i thought that i would ever win but i knew that at the same time i was pushing it uh to to even get a mention but i i, I learned a lot along the way in that discussion that i had with kit was about like what we learnt through uh, online the online program, which I thought was an interesting one. I saw a bunch of people who normally enter armies on parade locally throw in the towel and go, "No, nah, I'm not competing on uh, on the internet. Uh, no, nah, it's not for me." Uh, yeah. But I I threw my I, I threw my hat in the ring and thought I'd try something different, and it was a lot of fun, and I learnt a lot that I'll be carrying into this year. Yep, which could very well be an online one again. Who knows? <laughs> Well, that was my speculation. That was what I was saying to Kit was I think uh, I'm planning for a another online version. Not that I know anything. It's no secret insider knowledge here, but I'm just based on how we're going at the moment, I, I'm preparing for another online one. And if it happens to be face-to-face, -face, it's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because there is, yeah, and I understand why people, some people weren't overly happy about it, but like, Things being what they are, like they, st I'm still happy that they did a competition. Um, it's just there is a difference between seeing a display board in person and seeing pictures. Absolutely, that's just one of those things. So, yeah, like my smoke machine that I had is certainly a uh, a physical be there in the moment kind of wow factor. While uh, on the photos, it doesn't look nearly as good. But Dan, what were your thoughts on uh, on Armies on Parade? Did you have a chance to look at the photos? Do you, you know? Um, yeah, I saw yeah. the results and I realised that I was horribly unqualified to identify what um, was a good result and a bad result given the number of um, what I thought were stunning things floating around on Twitter of people's um, armies on parade. Um, so I'd be really interested. I haven't watched any uh, Warhammer TV breakdown or whatever of the, the sort of judging um, and the approach that they take to judging. So that would actually be very interesting to hear um either from someone in the studio or someone like vince talking with that real artist eye breaking down some of these um boards i really liked the stormcast one um that mm. was um featured in the article the multiple layers the modular nature of the terrain it was all just one piece that sung really well together yeah i was really impressed by there was a there was a space marine one where they were all kind of lined up and there's a really nice like rolled carpet and I think they had a Primark at the front. And even there was a, uh, there was like a, a Lord of the Rings battle scene where someone was like destroying a wall and it was just like explosions everywhere. Um, I thought there was some really cool pieces that um, I'm now, I'm already, and we'll, we'll talk about this in the goals and what we're focused on, but I'm so focused on Armies on Parade right now, even though that it is 11 months away. <laughs> That's fine. Being ultra prepared uh is perfectly fine well compared to my two month before this year well last year but 
Uh, hey, we're, we're jumping topic. We're, we're getting too far down the rabbit hole. I, I, my, my favorite armies on Prey board, just because of the sense of fun, was um, the halfling blood bowl team in the bar, the picnic basket. It was Graham Shirley, I think. Um, yeah. It just, it was well painted, but really cool themed, and the whole thing was just, yeah. That, that did you ever see the guy who took an entire halfling halfling cities of sigma army to warhammer world in a picnic basket um i think that's where graham had got had taken the got the idea from um, i haven't spoken to graham so i don't know but i've right. I've, I've seen a full aos halfling army in that's a picnic cool. basket before that's yeah, i remember cool. seeing i remember seeing david griffin uh griffith sorry um replicating his own version of cities with the halflings but i know yeah mm. og there was a there was an english person i think it was a, a, yeah. a one thousand point event they they had run I think it was a doubles yeah it was, it was like, like i remember being, doubles. it wasn't a 2k army it was yeah it might have been doubles yeah they had the um the halflings riding the griffhounds for the um pistoliers and things yeah. like that it's a cool force you just got to watch out for Yogi Bear if you're going to put your army in a picnic basket. <laughs> no? Okay. Right. I'll just be over here in the corner with my old <laughs> TV references. Smarter than the average bear, Clint. You are smarter yeah. than the average bear. Yeah. But that was cool. Armies on Parade, just while you have your sip of drink. Um, it was very cool that they had it again. Um, and I'm hoping that... Uh, people will strive to it as another goal. I think um, I'd like to see more entries and I'm hoping that uh, Games Workshop release more photos of other people, not just the winners, but I'm hoping we do get to see other people. So while I got to see some cool people on Twitter, I know that it's probably just the tip of the iceberg of all the cool display boards that were submitted and I'd love yeah. to see what other people submitted. They could easily put a top 50, top 100 up on, on a website. No reason. Well, no they already have an armies on parade website so it would be mm. easy to just add a tab for you know online 2020 or whatever i just yeah. remember that twitter and um instagram were amazing on submission day like in that the, that day or two before and on submission day twitter and instagram just lit up with amazing hobby and so it would be good to have all that collated um so yeah it's just it's yeah. just unfortunate because we only get to see so much, right? We don't all these people that I don't I'm not following or I don't know about. Mm. I'd love to see what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. There, yeah, um, and that's yeah why co compiling it together would be really good. Um, I've got to just go grab something. I'll be one minute. That's all good. Clint, anything else that we've gone through? Um, no, I think we're pretty good on news. So we want to just kick to hobby. Uh, I'll also say that uh, this month's White Dwarf, this month in Australia's White Dwarf, uh, is the uh, Spider Fang. Spider Fang finally getting ruled. So Trog's got rules previously, Squig's got rules, Spider's now get a rule. And uh, if you're watching this live right now, tomorrow I'm doing a list discussion based on the Spider Fang rules. So it'll be nice to see how they compare and what you can now do with your spiders that you couldn't do with your Grooms by Kids book. So um, that's probably another shout-out I would call out. Uh, yep. Broken Realms, I said this uh, I said this on Warhammer Weekly, that there's a cool article coming up very soon. If you're a subscriber, you would have got the email this morning. Uh, it is about a battle between Corn and Slanesh. So knowing how much they hate each other, uh, this one is a treat. 
Yep, and that sort of ties in with Slanesh, which we know is coming. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, cool. Um, what, what do you guys? Is that is that all? It's all we've gone through the news. We got the Palakrin stuff, hobby yeah. stuff. We have new, no new releases. No, no new releases. Uh, yeah. We had Armies of Parade. We had White Dwarf. We've had Broken Realm stuff or previewed. That's yeah. that's pretty much well, it for the news, I think. Yeah, and sort of looking forward, it's going to be interesting to see um, how much Tier 5 in the UK impacts the already delayed delivery schedule, which was on the basis of um, the pre-latest lockdown changes. I, I'm I'm imagining Slanish is okay. Normally they sit in the warehouse, for, for from what I hear, uh, not that I have a key to the warehouse, but normally they sit locally in the warehouse for a couple of weeks before the... Um, yeah. Uh, being available, so I imagine Slanesh, which we think is going to be in January, we know, sorry, it's going to be in February. Um, it's whatever happens after Feb that's I, I think is going to be up in the air. Yeah, it's. I, th I think this year will look a lot like last year was with stuff being chopped and changed and shifted and and moved down the schedule and things like that. So. Funnily enough, there's there's the other piece of news is that we're moving into a fortnightly release schedule as opposed to the monthly, so the weekly one that we used to. Mm, yeah. I, I remember when they used to do that once upon a time, I think in the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s, it used to be fortnightly. You'd get something at the start of the month and then something two weeks later. Like, it'd all be in that month's White Dwarf, and then, but they'd sort of stagger the releases yeah. out. Look, it's been a long time since I remember that schedule. Um, uh, I don't know what it's like with you, Dan, or what you remember. But um, it'll be interesting to see, and, and probably we're really lucky that this isn't, well, this is not meant to be an Age of Sigma year, or at least we know the first couple of months. It's probably going to be more 40K ninth edition. So let's see let's see what, and as you said, with the Tier 5 stuff, um, how that affects us. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. It's probably worth shouting out um, our thoughts with all of our UK folks who are currently going. You know, they're now back in lockdown, and we know like that does affect people. And um, you know, reach out if you uh, if you if you you know not feeling the best um, because yeah, it can be lonely. But um, the hobby is awesome, and the hobby community is awesome. So yeah, make sure that you. Uh, reach out to people and, and have a chat if you need to. So That's really well said. I um, And look, you know, we're, we're probably very privileged in Australia and New Zealand that we don't have the impacts like other countries are having right now. So I fully appreciate that while we're going to events and we're running things and we're able to go down the store and do our normal life, uh, to some degree, uh, others aren't as lucky. But um, that's a really good call, whether it's um, jumping into discords, you know, again, guys, you know, my discord links below, whether it's a hobby hangout and just going on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook saying, hey, who wants to jump onto Skype? Who wants to get on a call? Who wants to just just do some hobby and chat um, or just chat? Um, like That's so important. So uh, really well said. Yeah, I think yeah, it's... It we i think last year was very tough on people and christmas is a tough time and then unfortunately the lockdown is the garnish on top of that crap sandwich so um yeah, yeah. I, I i will say that you know i think 
what has uh, Vincent Notley uh, on on Twitter, a uh, administrator on Warhammer Television, just one of the guys in the not one of the guys, but he does an amazing job behind the scenes. He had made a comment on Twitter, which I could I, I fully agreed with, and he had said that you know. Without this hobby and without the community, I think it would be a very different 2020. So I think that that has kept mm. the energy, the enthusiasm, the motivation, the communication alive. Uh, whether again, whether whatever social media or whatever uh, medium you like to communicate with, it's it's been a, a shining light throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Radio. Do we want to talk hobby? What hobby we've been doing? Speaking of doing hobby, well, Dan's doing hobby, isn't he? Dan, he's doing hobby right now. <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't see what he was doing. I knew he wanted to do hobby. Uh, Dan politely asked him to do hobby, and I said I couldn't stop him if I even if I wanted to. So Dad is trying to kill two birds with one stone um, and make the most of limited hobby available time to do show and scrape mold lines at the same time. I get him muting it on that one. So I am uh, working through the Seraphon Army, uh, continuing to build the Seraphon Army that I uh, started last year. So the theme of the Seraphon Army is that it is Southlands, inspired from Warhammer Fantasy. So inspired by the idea of um, Southlands lizardmen taking on Tomb Kings. Um, this is a, a Seraphon Army that's heavily got OBR links. Um, so I've been hitting up all my mates with OBR armies, begging them uh, for bits um, so that I can do some conversions. I've got the sort of walkie legs um, guy to build a slam palaquin out of. Um, I've got some various bits and pieces to stick on the back of um, Seraphon, uh, Stegodons, um, building a tink, uh, Pterodon chief out of the OBR in the spell, the dead bird. Um, so that's going to be my uh, slow burn project over the course of the year. And my aim is that by the end of the year, I'll not only have um, one tournament army, but I'd be able to do a tournament army for each of the four um, sub-factions within Seraphon. So it's going to be my major, major project for 2021. Interesting. That's massive. That is uh, kudos to you. Yeah, and I need I do need to uh, to get some OBR bits to you, Dan, for said project. So Clint yeah. is one of the kind people yeah. I have. <laughs> I just had to wait for some more tech guard to turn up because I knew that I would have bits left over from that. So yeah, I do yeah. not have any OBR. So I cannot help you, Dan. I'm sorry. It's okay. I actually want an um, OBR just for my Gargan. I don't even have that. So yeah. uh, no, I can't help you. Sorry. That's okay. Um, last time I touched uh, Seraphon Elizabeth was probably in the very first starter box of Warhammer that I ever had, uh, where me and my brother split the fifth edition box um, with Brett's and Elizabeth. So I haven't touched a Elizabeth model since then. Um, so I'm looking, I'm really enjoying this project, even if uh, trying to build 96 skinks in one go is soul destroying. Um, yeah. But once you've done that, 
you've done that bit, that really Correct. frustrating bit. So it, that's why except you for the fact when bolt splitters are no longer broken and I need some form of other weapon variants other than a hundred iron <laughs> with bolt splitters and shields. But anyway, I'm sort of uh, I know the fate that I'm getting myself into this project. <laughs> that reminds me of my 160 goblins that I've built. And uh, when the points went down a little bit for shooters and people were like, oh, now let's take some shooters, like I'm not touching a goblin again. I'm not touching <laughs> – the characters are fine, but I'm not touching the little stabbers, the little shooters. Yeah. They're dead to me. The models that I've got are the ones that I've got. I'm not touching anymore. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like Dan just needs to live with his choices so that when javelins become really good, he can just take bolt spitters anyway. And just live with his choices. Uh, thankfully, because I've been um, this, I, I did my usual thing, which I'm trying to get away from, which was I decided, oh, this would be a great idea. And then I go on all the Facebook buy sell pages and buy a million sort of half done job lots that other people have got. So um, I've got about 40 probably with javelins. I've got about 40 of the old fifth edition skinks. Um, I've, on my on my spreadsheet of model list, I simply have bucket of source because I actually don't know how many source I have. Um, they're just in a bulk lot, um, half built and painted some form of green. Um, so we'll see. Yep. What about what about yourself, Clint? What have you been working on? Um, since we last um, broadcast, I'm just got trying to think over the top of like over what I've done. So I think I've painted Arkin for my uh, OBR. I did him the other week. Um, I painted Archaeon on uh, my Twitch stream last week, and then this week on the Twitch stream, I was painting Endless Spells. So I've just kind of been bouncing around painting stuff. So. Um, painted up the palisade the other night um folks will if they follow me on instagram will have seen it but basically i did it in a in a rainbow theme just wanted to show my son how to eat, like because he's been um, painting night haunt and stuff and just dry brushing and things like that i wanted to show him how you can use a dry brush in a different way and so i dry brush dry brush blended the palisade in a rainbow theme from you know red to through to purple um and that was quite fun. And then I'm like, okay, well, now I've got the taste for endless spells. Uh, so on the Twitch stream, I was painting up uh, the pendulum and the mirrors and the and, and the Pac-Man. Because despite being on the Herald shirt, I haven't actually painted mine yet. So, <laughs> so I've got that mostly done. I've got my pendulum finished. He's all nice and shiny green on his clear Ooh. base. I was going to say, you've got the clear base as well. I think you, me, yeah. and someone else, maybe it was Chris Welfare, <sighs> had grabbed it from Travis. Travis had organised yeah. those for us. They were uh, lifesavers for the generic uh, malign sorcery and the spells. Yeah. So we didn't have to buy like seven copies. So. so that is the Palisade. So it's not on a clear base just because of the way it's built. But, um, yeah, nice one, nice rainbow. So, yeah, that's what I've been working on, just finishing off the OBR, although I did have 20 more tech guard turn up this week, so I'll build and paint more more tech guard. But, um, yeah, just bouncing around. And then um, painted some more. Uh, I've sort of been trying to finish Dorgar off from Archeon. So he's a big model. 
very big model. Just yes. a little. Just a little. When are you, when are you painting some more KO, Ken? Uh, when that other stuff is done. Um, yeah. Because I've just, I've been working through assembly. Like when I'm hobbying with my kids, when you're hobbying with kids, you can't really paint detail. You've got to kind of be assisting them and things like that. So when we've been, when I've been hobbying with kids, I'll be doing like dry brushing or assembly. So I've been building some KOs in there as well, just that sort of stuff. So that's basically how fast my KO is going. It's like when, when I hobby with Elliot and Amelia, I'm building KO. So it's like they just have yeah. to come out here into the into the hobby room ball. That's what it is. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, and for myself, I have been painting. I decided in a in a group chat that uh, all three of us are a part of um, the Tom Lyons. I mentioned this on Warhammer Weekly today that uh, Vin, uh, Tom had made a, a confession that he hadn't completed any models in 2020. Uh, had painted a whole bunch but never completed them and i kind of felt the same my hobby was kind of rather stagnant last year and got really inspired and painted a hundred zench demons uh or more actually almost 150 zench demons uh in the last three to four days so uh 60 uh, 60 blues 40 pinks 40 brims and maybe a couple more that um the contrast paint is a godsend and then dry brush and pick out detail is just incredible so um zench demons good for, for for contrast and more importantly they're now painted as opposed to being in my display case for years just not doing anything uh other than that, I picked up today, uh, picked up some Slanesh, and that will lead us into probably the topic of the episode, which is going to be about our goals and reflections from last year. Um, unless there's anything else, Clint? You're muted. I don't know sign language I'm speaking. Yeah, that's yeah. he's better. better. Righto. So I was muted. I muted before when I had a drink on the thing, but it, my headset didn't update when I unmuted. So I was good on the software, but not on the headset. Um, that would have been a better segue had you had the Slanesh Endless Spells and held up the mirror and then Reflections. But anyway, it's all good. I I, I do have the. Fame. You do have the. You do. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. But I don't have. Oh. I don't have the Endless Spell yet because I'm like. Uh, what, what what I'm going to do is I'm actually cutting out the goat face, uh, the demon. I was going to say, are you going to change that? Yeah, and I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about putting an endless spell in there, or uh, oh, yeah. we are we I are see. getting into yeah the variant with the face, the endless spell coming out of it, or maybe the hole, or put a mirror in. No, nah, not the mirror. Not the mirror. I'm. Um, uh, all right, we're getting we're getting into into 2021. Let's talk 2021. <laughs> Let's talk 2020. I've uh, my my 2021 plans have had a complete 360 in the last 48 hours, thanks to Chuck Strength Hammer Moore, who is a uh, a conversion enabler and um, yeah. horrible human overall. So so now <laughs> you can use the end. Wow, uh. <laughs> things I would not use to describe Chuck. <laughs> yeah. He is a pleasure. He is a lovely man, but he's a hobby enabler. And uh, half an hour chat with him uh, landed like three hundred dollars worth of product in my cart. So I had to rein back and plan out better. So uh, 
Chuck is a beautiful man and a hobby enabler. Go. No, shaking the finger. Uh-oh. So let's talk 2020. Let's talk 2020 and um, maybe we'll start just as an, like an overall, like maybe just a, an overview, high-level summary of like what was what was your hobby 2020 like? And I, I, I specifically say hobby. I don't want to know about uh, what you had for dinner on September the 19th, right? more just how would you describe it? What did you get up to? How would you describe it, Dan? What was your hobby 2020 like? It started off with an amazing hiss in a roar, which was preparing for CanCon, where the only thing that we needed to worry about was um, whether or not the bushfires were going to get us. Um, <laughs> the only the thing, yeah, okay, right. Yeah, as the airport catches on fire, uh, where people can't fly in and have to take various other things. Um, so back when we just had simple natural disasters. Um, and, and so CanCon was the absolute hiss in a roar. And again... Uh, we say it all the time, but I just can't recommend it enough. And all the people in the UK and the US need to come visit us down in CanCon um, when we all get to meet up again. Um, it's amazing. And then it was sort of all down there, downhill from there um, on the hobby front. Clint, what about yourself? Did you, were you down the hill as well? Or what was your year like? So um, it started with CanCon, which was awesome and stressful because i you know um as dan's already touched on you know with the bushfires and we weren't sure what's going to happen and i remember getting you know photos from travis or from um charles black and you like it looked like silent hill with all the smoke and we were worried about that and then come that particular weekend it all worked quite nicely and we all got to to go and play warhammer which was awesome and you know, we yeah. did have the Friday night freak out, though. We, we must admit there was there was the one near the the airport, yeah. That the was, airport, yeah. So Doom yeah. and Darkness had organised a. Uh, it's a beautiful moment. The night before, uh, there is an opt-in barbecue that uh, uh, um, that Doom has organised, and uh, Doom wasn't there. Or Doom got really got in really late because his flight was looking like it was being cancelled, or maybe not wasn't going to arrive until Sunday, and I remember. The dwellers below, like Sam Morgan, I think even Rob Symes, I had to hire a bus and drive it up from Melbourne because their flights got delayed. Or I remember Sam had got turned away or turned around. And yeah, there were a bunch of Queenslanders and stuff as well that weren't weren't able to fly in at the right sort of times and stuff like that. Oh, well, at the time they had been, yeah, at the times they had planned to, yeah. So yeah, it was interesting. Um, and then I just remember it all sort of kicked off again on the Sunday evening. Um, <laughs> I remember being at, at Trav's place, dropping terrain off and seeing the bushfires on the horizon again. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, righto. Gave us a pause for the weekend. So <laughs> It was 40 uh, degrees. It was, you know, a bit smoky, but uh, somehow you're right. Like the, the sea had parted for 48 hours to let us roll dice and play six rounds of Warhammer. And then it kind of went back to normal and the country was back on fire. But somehow, miraculously, this one weekend seemed okay. Like, we all hung out outside. We chatted. We were in the barbecues. We uh, drank beers on the on the balcony. We, you know, it was relatively quite normal to a degree. Mm, yeah, which is really good. Um, and we, of course, had, you know, the highest number of international attendees that we'd had, you know, folks from 
from Scotland and the US and things, you know, flying in and uh, joining us, which is awesome. Um, and we then had about 13, we had about 13 of us, I think it was from New Zealand, mm. um, plus traveling with the two Scots across from um, across from Sydney. It's good times. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and cool. Anything else, Clint? Uh, as for the the rest of the year, kind of descended downhill for a little while, um, and then uh, I think we sort of opened back up again. And going to events at the end of last year was really good. That was. So it sounds like I had a bit more of a slower burn than you did. Um, I, I it kind of peaked and then dropped right off. Oh, and there's a little blip in there where I got. Selected for ETC. There we go. That's the other thing that's on my thing. That was a good hobby highlight for me last year. Um, but we'll see if that's actually going to happen. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers Absolutely. Vaccine's starting to roll out. Who knows what the world looks like? Um, so I had CanCon as well. Um, I might just change the picture a little bit. And um, my gosh, did I have a cool start to the year? So we had CanCon, six rounds. I played Cities of Sigma, Hello Hard. It was nice to get the cities back out after a couple of years of being on the shelf. Uh, picked up a, uh, one of the awards that you had for Coolest Armies. So um, that was uh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, got to play some great games. One was like with Seth Cook, the Goon Boss. Uh, that was an absolute cracker. Hello Heart versus Ogres. Uh, painting tutorial, Vince Venturella running a class the day before teaching us how to wet blend and feathering and there were some other techniques, which was really cool. Um, and then come March, I had another tournament, Doom of Darkness's SAGT. So that's why I said I had a bit of a slower burn. I, I came down from CanCon, still had SAGT, where, where I ran this bizarre Tempest Eye list, and then it kind of went flat for a little bit. Um, and what was really interesting at the time was um, I played a little bit of Tabletop Simulator, um, I still got to have some garage games and it was kind of okay at a very local level. But there was an interesting little event that picked up uh, about Warhammer 6 edition. And there was a bit of a rebirth. And I signed up. I started building a 1,500-point Empire army. And I wanted to kind of revisit Warhammer Fantasy without the rose-tinted glasses. And uh, all while it was kind of a nice little distraction while I waited for Suns to come out the Gargans. Um, then November, we had the Ever Chosen events, so an Ever Chosen Ever Winter event. So we actually had a, a 40 to 45 player event happen in Canberra. And, you know, it's kind of had a bit of a swing up. So it's kind of like been some peaks and troughs, but um, it's, it was definitely an interesting one without the tournament deadlines, without the, the tournament meta kind of driving us forward. Uh, there's a lot of kits that I wanted to buy that were out of stock and were out of stock for a long time. So it made me revisit some projects, some ambitions, and, you know, not being a 40K player, I had no interest in jumping into Lumineth because I knew Gargans were coming, and I had no interest in trying the other game because it just it's not for me. It just doesn't attract me at all. Um, so... It's good in New Zealand. We managed to get a, um, a few small events in. It was good going and taking the deep kin and pushing pushing some sharks around. Um, I went to a small two day in in Tauang in the Bay of Plenty, um, which had a strong monster focus. So you got extra tournament points for taking monsters or behemoths in your list. You got extra points for keeping them alive and killing other monsters. 
um, which was good fun. Um, and we all played with uh, um, Gur, um, Realm Effects in play. So we had random monsters wandering around all over the place and things. It was a, it was a really fun event. Um, it was good times. Um, the only sort of sad thing on the event front from New Zealand was we were all getting gearing up for our Team Wars event, um, which was going to be, I think, 12 four-man teams. So it was going to be our biggest event for the year and our big team event. Um, and then we went into Auckland, went into its second lockdown um, mm. the day before the event. So we had been, we had been, a hundred and one days, I think, without a single case of COVID in the country, and then we got the one the day before um, the event, so we all went into lockdown. Um, I remember watching Aiden's uh, emotions on Twitter as you know preparing for an event. All things were looking well. All of a sudden, this thing happened. It was really unsure what was going to happen. You know, we didn't know the effects. And then you know the cancellation, and I think we all kind of followed the roller coaster, and our hearts bled for someone. Knowing, <laughs> uh, you know, Clint and myself, we both run events. You know how much work goes into it's not just rocking up on the yeah. day and magically things happen. There's a lot of work that goes into events, and I know I had an event cancelled that I was going to run last year, um, and uh, and I'm at risk at cancelling another event. I've got a March event, and Sydney's kind of got potentially going into another lockdown. I don't know how we're going to go, but we're kind of on the fence and uh yeah like my heart was was uh really bled for ha uh, aiden who was the the event organizer for that one yeah you put a lot of work into it and um you think about we all know how hard it is to run a singles event and then do a team's event where if you have one person out of the four drop you lose an entire team um and then the impact on the entire event by the way that, that photo there is of liam is uh smashing the desserts from the barbecue um the photo there is a picture of the new zealand team that had just won their next uh, uh anzac cup uh victory i think was it nine on nine this time or was it 13 on 13. Uh, it was nine on nine we won five four that's right thanks to um thanks to lee wilmot coming home in the game against uh, liam's obr was it so lee's lee's tempest eye um against obr getting out of victory was it because um, I remember someone was in the lead and then was it Australia was in the lead and then New Zealand come back or was it the other way around where New Zealand were up, New Zealand, then Australia come back and then because I remember it being close like four and four. Yeah, it was. So we, we were New Zealand got the early lead in the games that we were expecting to win. Um, and then the Aussies came back in the games that we were expecting you to do well in um and so it really came down to whether or not lee could beat liam yeah yeah i mean we, we you know i was i was in the painting class as well so uh, and that was where there was a funny picture where you me and vince <laughs> were all gathered around a mobile phone maybe in your mobile phone well, uh, i think it was my ipad because we were looking at um we were looking at the techless getting revealed mm. and so we were all laughing at um and laughing in awe, joy. It was a whole disbelief. It was a whole range of emotions as we were seeing Lumineth and we were seeing the Teclas model for the first time, all while we were standing around in jock games in Canberra. Um, so that was a surreal experience. <laughs> it's a bit, Clint, it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of like a, 
a regular occurrence with CanCon as well. I remember a few years ago, that was when we got the first peaks of Marathi or Daughters of Cain. Mm, yep. That's that first Daughters video with the yeah. uh, rock track. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's cause, because uh, CanCon and LVO share a weekend. Um, so that, that because LVO gets the gets a preview, um, we sort of get it the, uh, the day before generally, uh, day before CanCon, which it's good because it definitely um, livens up the discussion at the barbecue on the Friday night because everyone's like seeing all the new releases and stuff like that. It is, however, annoying when you're prepping and then everybody suddenly you you're there you're doing stuff and then everybody's all watching phones and what like that as they're uh, as they've all been distracted by shiny models well i think it was a few years ago i had helped set you up or we were all doing something and i remember there was the the reveal of the daughters of cain and i remember a lot of people running back to their hotels or running back to their accommodation to watch and i remember then sitting in my accommodation watching the the vince and tom you know, uh, wrap up of the preview. And um, yeah, it's always fascinating, you know, being in the same weekend as LVO. But uh, the cool thing for us is CanCon is the world's largest event. So uh, last year was 240 players on the day 219, if I remember correctly. Two, uh, uh, 218, 218, 219. So yeah, about 220. I'm happy with that which is pretty crazy. Like when you think about 220 players in an event, uh, it's pretty crazy the amount of terrain, your boards, you know, the setup, the the organization. Um, so very, very cool. Um, Sorry, it's just laughing at, t at Tim there starting tomorrow on his KenCon 2022 project. That's uh, right, I'm starting on mine. I, I was I, I couldn't sleep the other night because I was I was already planning for next year. So that's how broken I am. Uh, <laughs> Well, Tim's got to Tim's got to catch up to Ash, doesn't he? Ash has um, well and truly started his twenty twenty two Suns Army. Yeah, well, he, he needs to 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 get that, done that uh, on time with that level of craziness. Yeah, he's uh, Ash McEwen has definitely flashed his cards out early. So I'll be curious to see some of our best painters. I know Spongy Paint James is in the chat here, and I know he won best painted last year. So, um, yeah, so I'd be curious to see now that the standard is set with Ash with his um, cartoon-styled Mega Gargant. And um, when I say cartoon, guys, you've got to go watch Ash McEwen. Um, most of the internet, when he posted his pictures, didn't think it was a real model. They thought it was Photoshopped. It was, you know, um, it, a manipulated photo, but the, it's off the charts. Yeah, I, I remember listening to the Face Hammer Christmas episode that they did, and they were, they were talking about Ash's model, and they're like, "Nah, that's not real." And then I think Les is like, "There's a video of him like turning it round. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is real." <laughs> Good old cell shading. Um, I have to say, one of my the thing I am most excited for, uh, one of the things I'm most excited for the Slanesh release is to see how James does those new models. For his army. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think um, if he's still in the chat, he can answer this. But I think he's kind of doing similar, but I think he's going in a slightly different direction, so that it'll sort of marry in. Um, but it's it's going to be slightly different to his other stuff, which will be cool. Like, yeah. yeah. 
I did see his bases he's working on currently, and they are yeah. beautiful bases. So uh, I can only imagine what James is going to do with it. Um, cool. So that was kind of our year, like in a nutshell. Um, and I'm just putting up some other photos. You know, there's Vince checking out uh, the coolest army, which was Danny Carroll's uh, water drum barreled uh, Caradron Overlords, very necromundary uh, synth wave police. Like, it's just a bizarre concoction of amazingness and uh with joe pagano from uh rage of sigma who came out for, uh, from america to come see us in australia which was really sweet but did you guys have any goals um like when you went into 2020 obviously camcon is a goal it's our new year new army um it's often what people it's, it's usually like the pinnacle of our hobby year and what we strive towards and why people like the Oz, uh you know aussie wargamer and i are already talking about camcon 22 did you guys go into the year having any other goals, any maybe um, uh, certain events you want to go, podium, painting armies, um, anything like learning a new skill? Did either of you have something that you wanted to, to, to focus on last year? Dan, maybe I'll throw it to you first. Um, did you have a hobby goal? Uh, no, which is going to be a short, um, short answer. Uh, no, I didn't. I was sort of very much a um, hobby butterfly for... 2020 so um i knew i wanted to do a deacon army um so that was a sort of informal goal i had a number of sort of um ideas and things for things that i wanted to do for the website and new things that i was going to do for that um but none of which that i sort of formalized and sat down and made a commitment to and wanted to really turn it into a goal uh, it's slightly different with the approach that I've taken for 2021, but sort of 2020 was a very relaxed. Um, let's just try and play more games. Um, try and play more games, yeah. And obviously, I don't, I don't have to ask you about did you get to play more games because uh, straight up the answer is likely to be no. Uh, for no, I had, a, um, I had a newborn son and various other things, <laughs> which has slightly impacted um, having um, getting more games in, unfortunately. Um, not unfortunately, of course, I love my son. Um, there he is. Um, this is me preparing for the show, um, how organised I was about 10 minutes before the start of the show. I, I did ask them days before, <laughs> like, hey, guys, you want to send me some photos of what you're working on or maybe some goals? And uh, I got I got squat till the very end. So these are all my oh, photos. So, uh, me keeping the stream professional. But um, yeah. So you had some things that you strive for, but certainly not necessarily like a, a hard and fast goal that you were focused on. No, so 20, 2020 was a was a relaxed year on that front. Clint, what about yourself? Well, I had a bit of a a whirlwind twenty nineteen. So twenty twenty was going to be a bit quieter for me. So I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, you all had to do that with me. Uh, <laughs> basically, yeah, I got my quieter year uh, as far as events and stuff goes. So um, not quite the way I had intended, though. To be honest. I know for myself, I came off 2019 and um, that was the year I went to America, I went to Adepticon uh, and had some of the most fun I've ever had in a tournament. And it has nothing to do with the tournament itself, but everything that happened around Adepticon, the fact that everyone stays in the hotel where Adepticon is, so you're, you're almost 24-7 and, you know, you're having dinners, you're having breakfast, so you, you know, there's a lot of cool hobby stuff. 
I got to watch the Tale of Four Warlords with, you know, uh, the um, the Mortal Realms podcast and Mitzi and Jimbo, and there was just, you know, uh, walking down the halls, there's Duncan, there's Chris Peach, there's, um, you know, Tom and Vince, and um, there's just so many, like, you know, uh, internet faces and names and people that you've met on Twitter. I think, you know, for me, 2019 was just an absolute massive year and I thought right I want to I want to tap into that but maybe not to that scale and I'd organized a trip to New Zealand I had bought my flight already to go to Notorious GT I'd obviously gone to SAGT I had uh, a few other events that I was planning on going to and obviously Sydney GT which is my big 100 player event that I run uh, I was ramping up I had a goal that I wanted to have all, so normally in Australia, we ask our players to contribute a few pieces of terrain to kind of ease the burden of their tournament organiser. I had the goal that I wanted to contribute all the terrain on the table. So if I had uh, 50 tables, which is what I was kind of roughly aiming for, times it by 10 uh, per table. So I was looking at owning 500 pieces of terrain uh, approximately. So I was working really hard towards that. But then as kind of COVID hit, I had it all printed basically, but not a lot painted because I'd lost the motivation. So it was an interesting one for me. I think for me, again, that Sydney GT um, was going to be one that I wanted to kind of scale up quite significantly um, now that I'd had a few years of event organising and, you know, reputation under my belt. Yeah, well, you, you, look, your your events certainly growing the right way, right? It's you you take these things, you build it, and stage by stage, and it's the only way you can make that sort of investment in in the five hundred odd pieces of terrain, ridiculous amount of terrain that you need. Um, well, I built. Okay. I, I bought a second three D printer. I'm learning how to do trophies now, so I wanted to be. Uh, I want to be self contained with my trophies, knowing how much money I spend on trophies, and I know how much I could print them for. Um, I wanted to be able to to own that that part of the process, and basically, especially during COVID, where our dollar is stretched more than any other year, and I knew sponsorship was going to be tough. Um, that was something that I was really focused on. But I think. Um, uh, and this is going to probably going to lead into one of my goals uh, for this year uh, is now that my 3D printers are essentially free, I've got some some things that I can do for good. So, yeah. awesome. So, what were your um, you're talking about your sort of relaxed, a bit more relaxed year in some aspects for 2020? But um, did you have any goals on the sort of content creation side, Coach? Yeah, things that you're sort of planning for on the, the channel. For the, for the year that just passed. Yeah, the year just passed before we sort of move into the new year. Look at you. Look at you all the content creator questions. Um, yeah, look, for <clears throat> sorry, just coughing. Um, so where do I start? So I was looking at my statistics the other day, and I know for me I wanted to hit 5,000 subscribers. I think that was one of my goals. And I think at the start of 2020, I was lingering around three to three and a half thousand. So it wasn't a big stretch. Um, and I think I think the interesting thing was just maybe to create more more variants of content. So um, as you guys know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably most known for live content, live discussions, but I don't do a lot of offline producing of videos. And I really wanted to kind of flex that muscle and learn a little bit around video software and up and, and editing and, you know, things like that. So for me, um, I wanted to update my logo. So um, I had created my first logo in 
PowerPoint just with some generic files. So I got that commissioned out and I wanted to rebrand. I wanted to go to 5,000 subs and I wanted to produce more um, uh, offline videos that would complement still the, the, the live stuff. I, I love the live mm -hmm. stuff. I love, you know, the chat. I love being able to bring up, you know, uh, the different discussions and, and and bring that to life, but at the same time, learn a new skill. So, yeah, I've, um, so how did you, um, how did you feel it went over the course of the year? Yeah, it was, it went really well, actually. Um, uh, I wasn't prepared for these questions. Uh, this is, this is, this is straight this up. This is what literally. happens when you invite people like me on, who's used to being on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> this is like stuff. Yeah, look, I, um, I finished this year with, uh, I just cracked 7,000, not long. I oh, maybe actually it was just over 7,000. Uh, I'm now currently at 7,300 subs. Um, and the next goal that I've got is 10,000 and, and, it's an arbitrary number, but the thing that it allows me to do behind the scenes is it allows me to uh, integrate a Teesprings, which is a, a merchandise store, with YouTube. I can uh, kind of bring them together. And the other thing I wanted to do is learn a bit more about Twitch. So uh, anyone who's joining on Twitch, hello, Twitch. Um, I wanted to kind of learn a little bit about that side of the fence because uh, it is a little bit different to YouTube. And while I'm not jumping to Twitch, it's not going to be my my primary location. It will allow me to do some hobby streams or it will allow me to do some video game streams that I don't normally do on YouTube. So it, it doesn't kind of align to the channel. But Clint, I know you're also doing Twitch at the moment as well. So kind of getting back into that content creator lens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's another thing that happened last year as far as I'm concerned and as far as content creator stuff goes is we stuck a pit in the Herald's uh, aptly timed um, because I think like a week later um, <laughs> it kind of it all kicked off and Warhammer stopped. So um, yeah, it was well timed, but that's, that's something that happened last year as far as content creation creation. Um, then also started doing the Twitch streaming with, um, with painting on Tuesday nights. So, how that's going? How that? How's that going for you? It's going really well. Um, it's keeping me honest as far as um, it's funny because I seem to be painting something different every week, um, which is it's fun because I just go, well, what do I want to paint? People don't want to watch me paint eighty more tech guard across you know six months, so it's like you know um, the endless spells this week. I'm like, oh, what can I paint? Well, the endless spells they're sort of quick self-contained i get to play with lots of color you know all that sort of stuff so it's it's changed my painting um and what i'm doing that way and it's quite enjoyable so it's been good I, i've been joining your your tuesday streams uh when i can and it's been really cool to see a lot of the uk folk joke jumping in i've seen i know uh, i know darren watson jumped in the chat earlier i saw dan nine inch dan uh jumped in as well i'm seeing a whole bunch of europeans because I think for my, maybe this is another goal of mine as well, is I think I, uh, I don't want to say over-service, but, but just due to the, na the nature of our time zones, um, the, the Amer I probably cater more to the American audience just because they're, they're more likely to be up at the times that I stream. So I wanted to kind of create a few more pieces of content uh, and be, be, be more active to my European guys as well. So I wanted to bring uh, England and Europe some time zone friendly uh, content as well as continuing to service the American time zone. So 
uh, that was another thing that I really wanted to do last year. Um, any, Dan, anything else you, you wanted to ask or anything that, you know, maybe you wanted to share from your, your blog? I know, um, AOS Shorts, you know, you've gone from the podcast to the website. You've been really putting a focus on, um, the competitive scene. You obviously got the, um, the Warhammer community article, which was amazing to see, um, your meta-analysis. Yeah, so, um, I completely forgotten I did that. Um, so 2020, <laughs> um, 2020 on the site's been interesting, right? Like I, um, my issue with the site has always been that I started it on the basis that I wanted to create the site that I wish there was that someone else did that I could read. Um, and so it started out wanting to be everything to everyone because i'm interested in all aspects of the hobby in the in the communities in the clubs in the painting in the law and the tactics and the lists and the full works and so i tried to cover everything um but there's only so much of me um and i have a full-time job and a family and various other things and so it's probably late 2019 that i was realizing um late 2019 how realizing how much sort of content creation or the desire to try and achieve what I had in my head was having an impact on other areas of my life, which um, I shouldn't have been putting hobby in front of. Um, so I was making some assessments through 2020 and going, okay, well, how do I have a healthier balance between creating the site that I want to create and covering the things that I want to cover without having negative impacts on my on the far more important things in life um and so part of that was um sort of manifested in the in the refresh and the redesign of the site um in, with sean's design and clint's help um redesigning the site to really put that focus more on a, on a more limited focus on going right okay well what can i doing what does the site cover and it is the competitive match play um, and this was sort of happening at a time where competitive match play was stopping or, or changing um, i should say um, it's certainly not stopped it's just moved to tabletop simulator um, and so this sort of moves into a segue for 2021 which is that the aim for the site is that it's going to have the things which i think um, well, the stats show have the highest demand. So it's the, um, it's the top list analysis. It's the making sure because I've got spreadsheets and spreadsheets and spreadsheets of all of the top list analysis for each of the faction. It's putting it up on that site in a way that's accessible and can be edited and maintained in an easy way um, and has those sort of list breakdown in a written form um, because there's a lot of it out there in terms of... Um, Twitch and YouTube and um, podcasts, but there's pretty much none of it or very little of it in a written form. Um, I have my own views on why that's not the case or why that's the case, um, but I, I do prefer the written um, word, certainly when I'm trying to go back to something. So that's I, one of you say that because I had that discussion with Rob Hawkins, um, uh, a blogging legend, and mm. um, I am surprised with the lack of blogs in our community. Uh, everyone seems to be opening up a, a, a podcast, a Twitch, a YouTube channel, 
but there isn't nearly enough um, blogging. And there's some cool blogs, you know, Plastic Crack uh, Australia, one of Australia's best blogs. The standout uh, one at the moment. Probably one of the one of the best in the world too. Uh, in our community, you know, Plastic Crack is awesome. But there are so many other cool writers out there that I'd love to see more from, or you know, emerging people who may be not confident in doing video or podcast, but could actually write something up that's that's wonderful. Whether it's narrative, whether it is competitive, uh, it seems like a big missed opportunity uh, for us. Mm. It is. Um... And most of the written stuff tends to be, if, it, if it's blog focused, then it's personal project and it's, it's on those um, particular lines. Um, the, only, um, the only other site that does sort of decent AOS um, breakdown analysis other than the ones that you've mentioned, at least that I know of, um, is Goonhammer, right? Um, and Goonhammer's got, what, 12, 15, 20-odd contributors? Yeah. Um, they're a whole different operation, and that's the, the sort of scale if you want to be producing large amount of regular long form AOS content. I'd love if there was, if you're familiar with the sort of sports uh, media, I'd love if there was an AOS version of the athletic, sort of decent long form journalism of AOS, um, but I don't think there ever will be. Um, but I'd love to read it. <laughs> yeah, we did see, you know, Jonathan, um, who's brought up the Azir Weekly. So we're kind of seeing that type of content. And it's awesome to see that kind of parody to the, the, the Mortal Realms news. But, yeah, I'd love to see, you know, looking at people like Strength Hammer. I talked about Chuck before. He's very focused on his daughters. So uh, if you love your daughters, it's awesome. But, like, what about the Sylvaneth players? What about some of the others? And oh, I, I, um, I, I remiss of me not to mention Chuck's. Um, Chuck's, um, my personal favourites are Chuck's articles where his in-depth breakdown to the AOS Gods. So his mm. AOS Gods um, series tying back um, Alariel and Marathi to the world that was and all the way through um, is they're really good pieces. Clint, what yourself? What, what, we obviously jumped into to 2021. Um, and we kind of we've talked about our hobby. We talked about some of the armies we worked on. We've kind of talked yep. about some of the events. Um, so let's get straight into like twenty twenty one. So it is now seven days officially into the new year as we, we're speaking. Um, what are your goals? And and, and maybe before I said before I go to Clint, Dan, is there anything else that you have your you've got goals uh, for twenty twenty one? Yeah, um, I've got reasonable number of goals. So um, the first goal is a shared goal with Clint. Um, as we have done a pact not to start any new army projects this year. Um, so we are opting out of New Year New Army. Um, I'm going to hold each other accountable. Um, Accountability buddies. Hmm? Accountability buddies. Yeah, very much so. Um, so I, I informed Clint the other day that as I was watching Fellowship, I could safely watch Fellowship of the Ring again without the desire to start um, a Middle-earth strategy battle game army um, because of our pact to each other that we weren't going to start new projects. Um, so I, my goals are I have got, apart from the Seraphon army, which I'm um, building and going to start and work on, um, I have got my Deepkin army and my, uh, my Sylvaneth army, large parts of it which have always been to the point of tournament, not tournament minimum, like a good 
tabletop tournament standard. But I've always gone, I've always finished the unit and go, right, okay, that's some bases, um, base colors, some wash, it's got a highlight or two, that's okay, that's acceptable. But I'm really gonna go and finish that unit off one day. Well, I've never have. Um, that lie. It's, year, a lie we, it's, it's a lie, a lie we all tell, we ourselves. tell ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this year is going to be the year where I'm going to go back through and finish off a load of them so that they're actually there, they're done. I don't ever have to sort of, I can close that window. Um, <clears throat> so I've got a spreadsheet that I'm going to sort of track through the, um, or maybe new the, the hobby room um, log website that I've now seen. I was, um, I was going to actually bring that up on screen. Segway. I'm really Segway. Yeah. I'm actually really impressed with that. I'm very thankful that Kerry decided to launch that a couple of days after you and I did our spreadsheets, Dan. Like mm. after sitting down and doing all my formulas so I could work out percentages and stuff like that, I'm so glad that there's now a, an automated web tool that will help me with that. <laughs> uh, let me share my screen, actually. So I was actually really impressed to stumble upon this. Uh, so the website is called Pile of Potential. Uh, I really do like that. I remember seeing that on Twitter. I think, you know, there was uh, some comments around, you know, my pile of shame, all my, not my personally, but someone was referring to their plastic and somebody responded saying it's not a pile of shame, it's a pile of potential. And somehow it's kind of being created into what's, um, what Kerry from the Hobby Room has done is now this very cool interactive, uh, I guess, Excel sheet, but it's more than just an Excel sheet. Mm. So this is kind of my hobby. Uh, and I put in, you know, my Daughters of Cain project. Uh, my only criticism is probably what's lacking here is maybe a percentage. So, um, for example, like my, my 20 Sisters of Slaughter, maybe I only do 10 of those and I'm, building another 10 uh it's hard to kind of split out a project unless i break it up into like blocks of 10 or blocks of five but unit size yeah, yeah otherwise like this is an exceptional site it cost me literally no money to get involved in um and um it's a visual aid for me and it's shareable as well so if anybody wants to see uh my version of this i've put uh this link on my facebook page and maybe my discord and uh, you can share your link as well, and you can kind of see what people are up to. So um, I'm super impressed with this. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm definitely going to be using it. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I haven't had time to punch it all in. Um, Kerry and the Hobby Room have always used, as far as like watching them back a couple of years ago, they've always used pile of potential as the positive term for their backlog. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if, you know, they were the first, but they're definitely part like people who use that term often and you know in that positive way so i'm pretty sure it was a gw staff member uh, i'm not going to name names but i'm pretty sure it was a gw staff member who may have mentioned the pile of potential so it might be an internal thing in the company but uh, wherever it's come from i love the name i love the reframe of it not being a bad thing it is a pile of potential it's not something to be shameful of yeah um yeah it's it's Really awesome, and it's a good positive way of looking at that. Both the website and the and that mindset is a, a good way of framing it. Yeah. So, um, sort of outside of that goal of no new armies and um, building and completing the Seraphon army and uh, finishing off my Deepkin, we've got a couple of options with the Deepkin, thanks to 
Broken Realms, I now need a turtle um, and should probably finish those two Eidolons, which are sort of sitting half-painted. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing those. Oh, and the 50 Namati, which um, now have some more relevance. Um, so outside of those, it's going, um, I want to get down to the club every two weeks. So one night a week, every two weeks, down at the local club. Because there's none, as we all know, the best thing in this hobby is actually being with other people um, and rolling dice and spending time with others um, and sort of contributing to the local scene. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And that was put to me, uh, and I'll throw it to Clint in a second. I'd love to hear what his goals are. That my last tournament before. Sorry, but my, my last pre-COVID tournament was SAGT. And having six to seven months off before going to uh, uh, Everwinter, which is in Canberra in November, um, I couldn't agree more. You know, we, we do talk about the people and, you know, you give people hugs and, you know, have drinks, you catch up. Uh, and while that isn't quite what we can do right now, it was just so awesome to see people again in the community just catch up. It's been such a long time. So um having not not taking the people side for granted and uh often you know when there's club nights or you know uh, uh, a one day event at a local game store we'll go on oh, and go to the next month go to the next month i think at least for myself it's now like i don't want to miss that because who knows when the next spike might occur so let's take advantage while we can yeah i also sort of noticed it yeah i also sort of notice it from a small scene perspective in that it only takes a few people to sort of drop out or, or hide away from the scene and then you lose that local momentum and people go and play other game systems or go and do other things and then you come back and that tournament scene that was there is no longer there or it's not as vibrant as it was. And sort of our, our communities need, certainly in smaller scenes, to be nurtured and maintained and it's through the sort of bonds and in-person connection that we keep those things going. I think. Yeah, I, I know for my community in Sydney, um, Whip, Whip Wednesday or Work in Progress Wednesday, that that is definitely a motivator. But I know when I don't post that, because I, I seem to be posting it every every week. It seems to be my job. Uh, but when I don't post, nobody posts. So it, it's interesting that the, the community needs re-nurturing again. Just because, I don't know, people have reprioritized because, you know, we don't have that that constant hamster wheel of tournaments or mm. they're playing 40K, who knows? But I think certainly um, the communities getting events back, small events, frequent events, games, nights, introducing new players seems to have kind of taken us back to 2017, 2018. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I will just say um, you were talking about like going to stuff because you're not sure that um, it, whether it's going to be the last one before a spike or whatever. Um, I definitely kicked myself for most of 2020 that I didn't go to SAGT. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> well, it's interesting because I ran a small one day called Sigmas. So it was like a, the week before Christmas. Um, and I had like up to 40 people who attended and it's interesting because in Sydney, um, we've just had a, what we think is the, the UK strain come through Sydney. So we're kind of uh, 
you know, teetering on the fence of do we go into a lockdown or do we not go into a lockdown? So while I have my my next event I'm running in March, there is a chance that it could be cancelled. So depending on how we handle it. So I'm really fortunate that we had Sigmas, really fortunate that we had Everwinter, but you just don't know how this is going to go. The vaccine could be tomorrow. Uh, it could spike again. I think take the opportunity while you can um, is the way I'm seeing things, obviously in a very safe way as well. So uh, the event that I ran, um, we kept social distancing. I had organised meals to be delivered individually packaged. You know, there's lots of hygiene. Um, there's a lot of, you know, uh, tracking tracking of, of, of COVID stuff. So uh, it was done in a very safe way, uh, at least to our government regulation. Mm -hmm. But let's, talk, let's forget COVID for a second. Clint, what are your goals? Uh, so yeah, and, you know, Dan said we've got the pact, no new hobby project. Uh, so that sort of includes, um, you know, being able to build out projects that you're working on. Um, so, you know, I've got my KO or whatever. If I need to buy a unit of Arcanauts to make that work, then that's fine. Um, but it's not like turning around tomorrow and deciding I want to buy, you know, a, uh, a Slanesh army or something like that. Um, so that's good. That's going to allow me to paint through my backlog. Uh, sitting down and adding that up has really brought home how much stuff I had. Uh, so I've been sort of figuring out what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to sell and what I wanted to paint and things like that. So um, that's one of my goals to, to clear through as much of the sort of 600 models that I had. Um, so we'll see if I manage to paint all of them. Um, and also just play lots of games um, with ETC, perhaps, um, you know, I'm going to need to, um, you know, I'm having to practice a lot. So just basically I've picked OBR. My OBR arm is, you know, it's finished. I've got 2000 points. That's reasonably good. I can just practice and practice and practice. Like I've got two games lined up uh, over the weekend to practice. Um, plus, you know, the team plays TTS practices and stuff like that as we test lists and whatnot. Um, so yeah, say, lots of game. You, you, I was going to say, have you been using much TTS for that? Me um, personally, yeah. Me, me personally, no. Um, but the rest of the team, they all seem to like to schedule games when I'm doing things like this. Uh, so <laughs> um, uh, it will play a big, bigger part in the next few months. So yeah, just playing lots of games and getting reasonable again. Um, because I definitely let that uh, let that slide. And for anyone who doesn't know, the ETC is the European Teams Championship that is happening in Luxembourg. Um, so that is a tournament that uh, the world can send a team. So England, America, uh, various European nations, Australia uh, will send a team over, and there is a five or a six round event. Um, and uh, it's basically a one-on-one -on -one event, but they send over a team of six. Um, yeah, so so yeah, six six-person six teams. So there's all sorts of team strategy and stuff like that involved as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And the ETC, hopefully, that it still happens, uh, will be an awesome opportunity as well to to play. Um, uh, and obviously, it's a it's a nice goal for you to focus towards too. So it, going going to ETC was definitely a like it's been on my hobby bucket list for six or seven years now pretty much when i first became aware of it and what got to see 
because um, back in eighth edition, we had a big contingent of the Australian and Kiwi teams that sort of played in Southeast Queensland here. So I got to know them and then see, watching them go over and, you know, play in Serbia and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, that would be really awesome to do one day. So, you know, I'm on the team now. Uh, we just have to get there. <laughs> so, well, fingers crossed, and if nothing more, hopefully it's it's the following year. But hopefully, uh, everything stays the same, and uh, you can safely go to Luxembourg and um, and play twenty twenty one. It's late twenty one, right? It's at least it's it's August. It's August. So it's August. yeah, it's it's yeah, lots of stuff up in the air. It's it's one of those things like who knew a week before Christmas that Sydney would have to turn everything off. You know, like. Um, it's sort of a week by week basis at the moment. So, yeah. Has that meant you haven't been able to book your flights yet or, or get into serious planning? We're, well, planning, I think all the teams are waiting for the winter FAQ. Um, but flights and stuff like that, I think we're all kind of like, I'm pretty, and pretty sure all the teams would be doing this. They would just be leaving that as long as they probably can and, you know, making sure that they can reschedule them or get refunds or whatever. It's like there's lots of sort of waiting and seeing um, for all the teams at the moment. So it's just, it is what it is. No, that's very cool. Um, anything, any uh, any other goals or any other things you're striving for? Obviously, ETC is a massive one and, um, and clearing your hobby backlog. Uh, very, very cool that you're not going to, strive to buy new models but rather clear out that catalog that you've got that every year just keeps building and building and building but you never quite go to it yeah absolutely um just last night i sold off models that i desperately wanted to paint about three years ago so it's like individual character models i'm like if i haven't touched them in three years i'm probably not going to touch them and so yeah just which is just one of the reasons and in my zen because i'm like i need to get this done if i don't get this done now i'm never going to do it it's just about being honest with yourself it's like what you you say to yourself oh, i'll paint that one day i'll paint that one day are you actually going to paint it one day no okay and i know some people don't sell anything and that's cool um you can have your massive tubs worth of stuff but yeah i only want to keep stuff that i'll paint and i'll play and whatever I've actually got that plan for Sylvaneth. So I built the funny story with my Sylvaneth army is uh, I decided I would go all in on Sylvaneth and I had a really cool idea in mind. I built up all the models. I'd um, converted the heads on my spite revs. Uh, I picked up like 15 Kurnoth hunters. I was going to convert Magnus the Red into my newer version of Orion. I had all these cool plans in mind pick up my battle tome from the store six hours later there's a reveal show that tells me cities of sigma's coming my book is still in plastic yeah. so <laughs> i know that when broken realms alarial comes I'll be oh selling man when broken realms alarial comes i'm selling selling my sylvaneth L literally the day there's a twitter stream where i put a po picture of my battle tome in my army in like my garden i'm like oh look what's grown or the seeds have grown or whatever a little smart comment right literally six hours later i'm like this didn't happen like cities of sigma's coming i don't care what it looks like i'm playing it that's really bad don't you blame me like 
you blame me? I've got a whole cabinet here full of of Empire cities oh, uh, models. So. Cities is your thing, so you know, like free guild's your thing. I'm not surprised. Um, yep. Uh, uh, so my goal. So I think maybe I uh, I actually funnily enough put up a uh, a conversation in Discord and I set up a whole channel to kind of hear what other people's goals were. And I'd written down I had five goals that I was striving for this year. Uh, the first one was to get the channel to 10K. Uh, I mentioned that earlier, the subscribers. I want to get to the 10,000 subscriber mark, uh, which would be awesome. Uh, I would like to do that before middle of the year. I think that is an achievable goal, just uh, two and a half, just over two and a half thousand to go. Uh, and seeing people like Haywo Twitch, um, who have now exceeded 10,000, is, is, is truly inspirational. Because um, there's not a lot of people who have over 10,000 subscribers in Age of Sigma, and the ones who do often are paint streams, like they do painting tips or they do battle reports, and I do neither of those. So uh, that's one goal that I'm working on. And before anyone asks, no, I'm not doing battle reports. No, I'm not doing painting streams. So I'll get there the hard way. Battle reports would make my life so much easier. Uh, the second one is Armies on Parade. So I entered Armies on Parade last year. Uh, because I chose Gargants, it meant that I was building my display board and my guard painting and building my army two months before the uh, the competition. So this year I'm taking a little bit more time. I'm planning it out further. And um, funnily enough, Dan and I share something that he doesn't quite know yet. Uh, and that is I'm going back old school as well, tapping into uh, Warhammer Fantasy. And I am going to be building dun, 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 the Cult of Pleasure. So I've decided my my Daughters of Cain is going nice. to be a Cult of Pleasure, which is, uh, yeah, so it's, so it's not, so it will still be Daughters of Cain. So I'm not going to be putting demonettes in, but I will be looking at ways to demonette or um, slanishify my daughters like the cult of um, Slanish, essentially. So um, I've been building up a display board. I recently bought the Fane and uh, this Infernal Raptress. I've got some plans to convert the new Slanish Palaquin into my Blood Throne or my Cauldron of Blood. Uh, I'm looking at ways to incorporate Slanish with, with nods and hints, but not necessarily mm. overwhelmed. So things like maybe my Sisters of Slaughter will have Demonet Claws, uh, but my witch elves will still look like witch elves. So um, very cool. Things for me that yeah, it's a callback and a half, isn't it? Well, yeah. I remember seeing the shadow and pain box, and I and, and I instantly went to cult of Slanesh. I thought, oh, they're going to do something crazy with, with Slanesh, and like they're in the box. Uh, and obviously realizing it was, you know, then learning it was a, two armies. Um, for me, it's something that's always captured my attention. For me. I know it was a sixth edition thing and it got retconned in seventh edition. But for me, there was just something fascinating that Marathi has such a wonderful relationship with uh, Slanesh going back to the, you know, to um, going back to even when she was a maiden before she was a nobody um, and being captured by the chaos gods and her, you know, natural beauty and obviously now Age of Sigmarifying it, being in the belly and all this stuff. Um, it's that's. <laughs> I imagine this might be James Mabry, who's also doing a combined Slanesh daughter. So no, maybe we. Chris. That's Chris. Chris. Oh, yeah. Well, I have that's to have well a chat said. with Chris to see where we're both going and uh, 
if we're going down different paths. I'm going down the Daughters of Cain path with a Slanesh side. Hopefully you're going a Slanesh side with Daughters of Cain. But I'll shut up now and I won't tell you any more secrets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I'm take those cards close to the chest. Yeah. Welfare, you're not getting any more, many more of my secrets. Uh, but yeah. that's, that's the goal, I think, for me. Uh, I want to tap into Armies on Parade. I did want to attend three large events, um, but who knows what that looks like or if that's possible. Um, the, other th the other two things that I wanted to do was I wanted to learn how to uh, to airbrush properly. And uh, my birthday is in a couple of days' time, so the thing that I got was a new airbrush set, so I got myself a Iwata setup that Vince Ventrella had recommended, and I'm going to start learning how to airbrush and uh, airbrush well so I can do some things like OSL and just do more than just base coat priming. Nice. I got a... Um... A couple of years ago, my wife's family were trying to be sort of involved in getting me a nice hobby gift for the um, for Christmas one year, and they got me a um, rather dubious-looking um, makeup airbrush, um, which I have not turned on or used um, yet, and that is the closest I have ever got to airbrushing, but I'm also airbrush curious for 2021. I, I originally got my original airbrush from uh, Dan uh, from a from not from AOS Shorts. That's you, uh, Dan from the mm -hmm. Honest War Game. Um, dispossessed Dan, and uh, just yeah. before he left Australia, he gave me a whole bunch of things for cheap or, or free. And I, I, I mostly did it just for terrain. I just wanted to get a cheap airbrush. Uh, it's a makeup airbrush. It's okay. It does the job, but I wouldn't use it properly to do miniatures, especially like blending of skin. But um, I really want to learn it as a as a toolbox in as a tool in my toolbox. Uh, not necessarily want to be an airbrush painter, but I want to be able to have the choice of of doing things like you know wonderful gradients on on wings or being able to do color blends um, that that are a lot harder with paintbrush. So, uh, and then the last goal was um, I'm putting my money aside. I'm putting money aside every uh, every month to be a international travel fund. So. Um, Knowing that 2022 is more likely when the borders will reopen, I'd like to have at least $5,000 in a kitty that I could use for travel to go to Adepticon to maybe apply to being the ETC or travel to wherever I want to travel without impacting my wife or my uh, my holiday budget. So we could still go to, uh, like I'd love to go back to Malta. Uh, I could still go back to Malta and go to Adepticon um, and not have to make a choice or drag my wife to Adepticon because she's been to Chicago like five times already. So I can still do that. Very cool. Yep. So I might actually bring up this question in the chat. I think it's a really interesting one. Um, not, not completely, uh, it's not, not specifically about the, uh, the, the goals, but uh, Bad Axe had asked, you know, have you ever been starting to paint an army or a unit? Uh, I've been halfway through one model and you realise that the interest just isn't there or just dies. Bring it with Luminate. Luminate's an interesting one, probably a very challenging army. Have you ever felt that you have been in a situation where you've you got excited to, to paint an army, you built it up, you start putting those those layers of paint down and you just, I don't know, it's not for you or you're not enjoying it? Dan, you said yes. Yes, my one um, Warclans test model and my one uh, KO Arcanaut both <laughs> attest to that. Clint? Yeah, sometimes, look, you, you buy a unit to do some test models or something like that, or you, you 
you think you want to uh, to do an army and you, you're painting that test model and something about it just doesn't click for you. Um, and it could be the models themselves. You might not like them as much as you think you like them or you're painting them for the wrong reasons. Um, or it could be the way that you're trying to paint them. Like, like you said, Lumineth is quite a challenging... Um, you know, uh, army to paint because it's so, it has to be it has to be clean. And, or, you know, the the conventional way to paint them is clean and shiny and gold and whatever. And unfortunately, models have that ugly phase, which is not going to be very inspiring when you're painting Lumineth. You have to kind of try and see past that. Um, so my advice is either um, to think about if you do actually really want to paint Lumineth. Um, or to just kind of uh, switch to something else for a little while and paint that and then come back and just try and finish that one model. Um, you know, and once you get it to that finish phase, I, I find that I start to feel a bit skeptical as I'm doing base coats, but then once you put the wash on, you kind of go, okay, I can see where this model is going now and you kind of get that motivation. So I don't know, Bad Axe, if you want to try painting something else and then come back and just push yourself to that stage uh, and then you might, you, you can kind of see your destination then and it builds builds a bit more enthusiasm or, um, or yeah, or just switch to something, painting something else for a while um, and then you might find thinking about, an alternative color scheme or a different way that you're going to paint the lumineth just makes them click for you as well. So I know so. for myself, like I've been doing some test schemes for my daughters and I was really struggling to bring the concept to life. And now that I've changed from, cause I, I originally was going to do like a drow elf, you know, traditional Dungeons and Dragons, gray, pale, uh, pale purple, type skin you know very underdark type drow and i couldn't i couldn't bring that and my concept of calibron because i wanted to do a calibron shadow temple with drow elves and it was just becoming too black too gray too monotoned and i was struggling i've gone through a bunch of different test models and the minute i changed my concept the minute i changed uh i'm now i mentioned the the, the slanesh version of um of daughters uh i'm now re-inspired so any ways that you can maybe find hobby cheating, whether it's, you know, putting down your first uh, spray, uh, sorry, your first layer of paint with maybe a spray. So if it's a lot of silvers, you know, get mechanic spray, try to find ways you can cheat yourself up forward or faster. Um, I think what you just said as well, like, you know, trying to find some test schemes and push yourself through. And if it means finding a fun army, I know, when I paint models, I might do a battle line first and then I'll do a hero, battle line, hero, kind of mix it up and have some fun uh, along the way. I guess it depends on like where you're struggling, like what part that you're struggling with yeah. um, myself. It, it's important to remember that not all ideas are good ideas. So just because like, you know, you had, it's true though. Like just because yeah. you've got this color scheme in your head, it might not survive contact with the model so coach you were talking about your you you drow thing and calibon like, like you you'd have it like cooked my up gargans, in your head my gargans were going to be gray they were going to be charcoaly fire gargans from akshi and i just couldn't pull the i couldn't pull the combinations off that i wanted and they just 
looked too gray for me and I, it was, I had to let it go like it got to a point where i got so frustrated i just let it go and i tried something else and i'm, I'm now super in love with my model yeah you um, should you should create i generate ideas without limitation and without editing or criticize but then make sure that you go through the process of actually is this is this ideal plan going to work um and do the sort of editing critiquing phase um once you've got the test models yeah well i could see here that bad has commented um uh, it's mostly the Sentinels. Yeah, loved doing the Light Sphinx and the Pikeman Leader and other Pikes, but got 20 Archers for Christmas and wanted to work through them. Yeah. Just put them aside. Just paint some Dawn Riders or paint some more, um, what are they called, Wardens? Um, yeah. The Pikemen or paint some of the Hammer Dudes. Just just Sentinels. I know they're good. Just put them aside, paint some more Lumineth, and eventually you will feel like painting those Sentinels. Yeah. Chris, Chris Welfare's called out another great comment too. Sorry, Dan. Um, he's talked about, you know, don't be afraid to call it out as a concept army. Um, an army doesn't have to be 2,000 points. It doesn't have to be a play a playable army. You don't have to be always focused on match point match play. So you, um, if you don't enjoy certain aspects of it, you can definitely still have concept armies and, and um, yeah, like don't, you don't have to force yourself to, to, to be match play focused. Or you don't have to, or you don't have to do every army um, to your best painting standard. Mm. You can go, I want this army because I want to play this army. So I'm going to do um, rats in the underdark, and I'm going to. Um, it'll be zenithal, and it will be spots of color, and it'll be good. That's my concept army, and it's done, and I can get onto the thing which I want to do, which is playing games with it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. My OBR, a classic example of that, I had a colour scheme that, uh, a test model that I painted up that was a like a an homage to my old 8th edition Tomb Kings army with Cabalite green and bright white bone and a bit of gold and whatever. And I'm like, cool, that's great. But I'll still be painting this in June. Like, <laughs> so I, you know, went and I concept armied it up. So the army is done now. It looks good on the table. It's not the best thing I've ever painted, but it's done and I'm happy with it. And I've just kind of drawn, um, you know, I, I've, I've painted them to a level that I'm happy with. So, you know, but my KO will be my next project. And it's not going to be a concept army because I've got the OBR to play with and I've done, you know, I've gotten that to it. I've got some hobby satisfaction there and then I'm playing them and then can move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, I got my set for that. Sorry, Dan, what are you saying? I was just going to say, my on the focus is on the conversions and the overall theme. So the paint job is actually going to be a whole load of contrast and dry brushing and hopefully very quick. Um, it, it will lend itself to that, though. Like, that yeah. army will lend itself to those techniques really well and you'll get a fantastic-looking army. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good call out. So hopefully it helps more than just um, our friend Badax. Because uh, I can also see some other people having some very similar commonality. But um, we've got a whole bunch of tools now. I think, you know, sometimes even just, you know, uh, and I know he was mentioning that the gold trim is killing him, whether you just either uh, skip that part, whether you come back to it later, maybe towards the end, uh, whatever it might be, or try, or try to find a different technique to, to do your gold trim. And uh, yes, 100% Ron, Seraphon plus Contrast is gold. Um, just they, they, it takes to it very well. Yeah, my my Wraithbone and Skeleton Horde will get me a long way to start. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
do we have any other goals? Like, do we have any other things in mind? Um, I've got a whole bunch of goals. I think um, the interesting thing has obviously been very flexible with uh, with what happens. Uh, uh, who knows if events will run, how they'll run, the size of the events. Uh, I imagine with events, for example, there'll be a lot of demand. So, uh, you know, there might be at least our events are going to be a lot smaller just due to the, the nature of the size. Mm -hmm. And the competition will just be really hard to get that ticket. So um, whether that means more events are going to pop up, whether it means that you just got to wait on the sidelines and hope for the best, um, I think just being flexible generally. Like I know one of my frustrations with Army on Parade was I just couldn't get my models. I couldn't get the Rohan models. I couldn't get my, my Gargans for six months, um, which is why I've now started grabbing my stuff now so I've got more time and got more planning than I have in previous years. Yeah. My, um, I have a sort of meta goal for 2021, which sort of pulls together a whole range of these um, hobby things, which is I want to finish things. So um, that applies to the existing armies that I've already got. And it's the, it comes to this sense of seeking satisfaction and satisfaction in actually finishing the army or satisfaction in actually getting them playing games and going to tournaments. But on the on the website side and on the content creation side, like I have so many sort of half-started ideas, half-written articles. I've got a 7,500-word article on Lumineth, um, which I did, um, and that's sort of half done. Um, I've got about 10,000 words written on Seraphon, breaking down the entire book and tactics and different play styles and all of this stuff. Um, and it didn't get finished. And so a lot of it on the website side will be taking some of these and finishing them off and actually committing to getting these. Because I really want to do these sort of long-form breakdowns of books with the reflection of not going, right, um, let's break down the book over the 48 hours as soon as the book turns up. Um, because I, I don't have a competitive advantage in that in any way, shape, or form. You can go watch Man Reads Book. Um, you can go listen to Facehammer. You can listen to Rob on the Ice Wargamer. Um, you can listen to a range of people who put out really good quality stuff um, in the sort of early hours of any release. Um, and I can't compete with that both on a, how long it takes books to turn up in New Zealand um, and also on demands on family time. But what I really would like to do is do the, well, okay, we've sat with this book for three months. We know what it looks like. Well, here's the definitive guide. This is how this army plays. And this is what we know about this army. And this is what we know about the trade-offs. And this is what we know about the matchups. And it's the full, as I said, I've done seven and a half thousand words on one, 10,000 words on another faction. Probably shouldn't have started with Seraphon, given the 17 hero choices alone. Oh, more, and more important, Chris Welfare just summarised the your seven thousand words into uh, take skinks and croak and win. So you might have wasted <laughs> the seven thousand words where Chris has just summarised it so well. Sure, but um, those five words don't get you very good on the Google rankings, do they, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> That's not good for SEO, mate. <laughs> Stick to podcast, Chris. <laughs> But you're but you are right. Like when you think about it and you think about some of those hobby projects or things that you aspire to do and you just don't quite complete them, um, the longer you sit on them, 
the, the less likely you're actually going to produce it, which means that you've completely wasted your time. And yeah. uh, I'm sure that, you, that, that an article like that would add incredible value, whether it was on the day of a book release, six months later, because the meta changes. I know when I do my list discussion, so often I will have to revisit the army because what was good now can change so quickly with a winter FAQ, with a meta adjustment, with a points adjustment, um, some secret list tech um, that, you know, everyone was focused on one build, now another build is great. Uh, so whenever you're putting out content, I think people are always appreciative to see what we, and I, and I recently did a video with Martin Orlando, you know, four months after the book of Lumineth came out. And it was like, cool, now that you've had 30 odd games with Lumineth, what have you yeah. learnt? And, uh, and almost like revisit compared to what Liam and Hayden done very early on. And there were some differences. And I imagine 12 months later, uh, if Martin or somebody else had the, the same list, it'd be different. Mm. Yeah. Yep. It's that. They're, they're concepts that if you if you start things and you don't finish it, then you've sort of wasted your time, right? Yeah. Unless yeah. unless you you've got the enjoyment of doing it whilst you're doing it, if you enjoy painting for painting's sake and the meditation of painting and all of that sort of stuff. But if you're doing it for I want a an army that looks nice on the tabletop, I mean, if you don't finish it, you're just wasting your time and you're one step closer to death. So <laughs> my goal is to try and finish things. Nice. I know, I know, just sort of reflective mood at the end of the year. Sort of, um, just need to actually get things finished and enjoy them. Yep. That was bleak. Yeah. Well, it wasn't supposed to be bleak. It was supposed to be sort of seize the day. Like, it was, it was, but life. you ended it. It was <laughs> until you ended with, and then you're one day closer to death. And that just kind of like <laughs> down the bottom, yeah. Yeah, well, it's midnight here anyway. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we will wrap up in a second, I think. And, and I, I do feel that, you know, I was painting towards the Everchosen competition. I bought Seleski two years ago to paint. Uh, Sydney GT took my priorities and I eventually never finished Seleski. I've got a really nicely painted Seleski in my, my cabinet. It's it's 90% done, but I didn't put it into the competition. I haven't done anything with it since because I haven't run a, a, um, a Slanish army. I'm just mm. kind of sitting there. So yeah. I, I appreciate what you've just said. I, I do feel it. Yeah. Uh, and you are feeling a bit grimgast. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, looking forward to seeing Ron at um, some events. Hopefully he's going to go to the one in March that we've got in Auckland. Um, but I haven't asked one, so we'll find out. I was, I was going to bring us home by asking, do you have any, any events, uh, any things that you're focused towards i know clint you've mentioned etc is one of those things you're working towards i know you've got an event in january as well but i'll go to dan um do you have any events or do you have any other um timelines you're working towards or aspiring towards yeah so i've got a um two-day event in early march where realistically i'm going to be taking the deep kin too um probably won't get a turtle, so it'll probably be a variant of the sort of armies that I was taking at the end of last year. It's good because I know how to use them. Um, and it's not just all um, eel spam. Um, and then we have our masters in May. So we moved our masters um, to bring it up into May to be sort of the end of the GHB season. Um, we didn't have a masters in 2020 for obvious reasons. 
um, I'm hosting the Masters for 2021 up in Auckland. Um, so I'm going to be TO and host for that. Um, so I need to sort of pull finger and build hype and um, get everybody excited for Masters in May. And I put you on the spot with this last one. Last year or the year before, you talked about running AOS Shorts match play event. Yeah. What's happening? Well, let's just wait until borders are open again and we actually can have a decent size event together. 2022 is possible. 2022, I want to do the, I mean, let's go uh, back to CanCon, AdeptCon. Um, AdeptCon's very much on my list. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I want to go back to AdeptCon. That's, that's 2022, I think, is what I'm going to strive for. I mean, there's a lot of people aiming for 2022 AdeptCon, but we'll, um, we'll see how it plays out. Clint? Yourself, any other any other timelines, any events that you're really striving towards, or some some milestones that you have in place? Uh, so events, yeah, I've got the one in um, January. I've got the ETC. Other non-event stuff though um, that need to touch on. Uh, the Herald's coming back in podcast form. Yep. Is this, a, is this an exclusive? Is, have, we, have we just broken? <laughs> yeah, it is an exclusive. <laughs> So we, you and people don't have to wait long. That's all I'll say. So the soothing, the soothing sounds of Adam uh, could be back in my my earbuds. Basically, yeah, Adam making me just sit in silence and listen to his awesome, awesome jokes. Uh, yeah, so Adam, Travis, and I will be back on the airwaves uh, inside of the next fortnight. So there you go. Yep. What what made you bring back the podcast? Because um, it had a bit of a lull, some life events kicked in. I'm not going to dox anybody, but things came up. Uh, you're in a bit of a lull for a while. What? Why? That, why? Why now? Uh, because we've all got our our hobby mojo back. You know, we've got our fire. You know, it had dimmed uh, sort of at the start of last year, and we decided rather than just kind of limp on and force ourselves to make content uh we would put it on ice and then obviously stuff happened uh but we've all just been talking recently and we've all got our hobby mojo back and we're all keen uh to talk about warhammer again so uh yeah no we'll be back shortly congratulations that's wonderful so yeah and with other stuff that's giving the heralds a bit of um air time at the moment it's also a good good time to be doing it as well so yeah awesome the chat is loving this right now so uh, very cool i don't know what dan's doing i think he needs to go to bed i don't know sorry there's stuff going on all over the place in the back of my the cat's being an absolute bastard as it always is um, wasn't, the cat, wasn't the cat the one that was banking on the keyboard when you did Warhammer Weekly? Like yes, a years ago? I came up and purred under the microphone and proceeded to just shoot everybody's ears. Yeah, the cat just likes to interrupt me when I'm on streams. But anyway, <laughs> that's why my dog is a waster. That's why, why we dog people, not cat people. <laughs> dog likes to sit under the, the microphone and snore so he has to go outside when i stream uh as much as i love dog dog cam uh he's just a noisy boy <laughs> uh and for many the the events that i have on the radar is in march uh currently i have vic gt that i'm focused on i think i'm going to run suns again but maybe a different version of suns um 
The week after that, I'm currently running a two-day narrative event. So that should be a whole bunch of fun. They're going to focus around defending or claiming the Beast Grave. I've got a few tricks up my sleeve to kind of keep my players on their toes. Um, and I don't know. I don't think there's any other events, Clint, in Australia that's kind of past March. I feel like there's there's people thinking about things and whether Sydney Slaughter returns, whether other events kind of pick up. But I haven't seen much announced post-March. Nobody's, yeah, I forgot to mention SAGT, which I'm sure Doom will shoot me for later. Um, I'm going to that on the same weekend you're doing Vic GT. But nobody's game, and I can't say I blame them. Like, I don't think people are overly keen to start planning too far out. Does that? They might have stuff happening in the back of their mind. They're like, okay, cool. Well, if we get to March and, you know, well, maybe in May I'll do a thing. And then, like, that's cool. And I'm sure we will see stuff provided, you know, everything's traveling smoothly. But, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be announcing my plans to run, you know, a June GT or anything like that. You, yeah. Anzac Cup, Anzac Cup, which is traditionally in April, uh, has dates and because they got cancelled last year and they just pushed it forward. So they're in April. Uh, it's mm. a soft launch. They haven't, it's just the Facebook event. They haven't actually announced anything about tickets or yeah. packs or things. Uh, there's things that we normally predict that happen through the year. There are certain events that we know in the calendar which may return, but there's nothing hard past March, which. Yeah. Uh, yeah, lots lots of people penciling stuff in, but yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't blame them. It's and best Chris, we well. Can. And Chris from Modley Wounds has just kind of you know just confirmed what we just said. So he runs Sydney Slaughter along with James Mabry. It's traditionally in the June long weekend, the Queen's birthday, and um, uh, it's it's been in our calendar for years now, like four or five years now. Uh, however, I think you know it's up in the air right now we just don't quite know just yet so probably and it's a challenge right because you've got to plan it got to sell tickets you've got to lock in an event uh lock in a location uh but you can't get too far ahead of yourself because just things change so quickly so yeah yep yeah cool that's that's it for me um i think i think exciting year i think if i summarize what i'm thinking about 2020 it's an exciting year i think there is plenty to look forward to i see there's light at the end of the tunnel uh we've gotten into a bit of a i think we've kind of gone through some of the hard stuff and we're now learning how to deal with this effectively or a bit more effectively than that we kind of the first couple of months that were really tough but um yeah I, I'm, I'm quite optimistic for 2021 um so that's how I'm feeling anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Be great, yeah. I do just have one more thing to shout out before we sign off and everything. Is this another mic drop, Clint? No, no. Um, but basically, just because we can't have CanCon this year doesn't mean that uh, we gave up on doing awesome things with our hobby uh, for people. So we've got the, the Call to Glory charity raffle, heralds, uh, heraldsofwar.com forward slash charity raffle. Um, and we've got a ton of models there painted by uh, some of the best painters in the AOS scene from Australia and New Zealand. Uh, models there, you can buy raffle tickets to buy those. And there's a range of causes like Beyond Blue and the Cancer Council and uh, Care Flight. And I think uh, James's is going to uh, Wombat Sanctuary. Uh, which is really cool. 
So yeah, absolutely. There we go on the on the page there. Um, jump on there, Heralds Award. You can just go to the webpage heraldsaward.com. There's a big banner, um, and yeah, you can uh, buy raffle tickets to have a chance to win some of these amazing models. And uh, and if you've kind of just wanted one of everything, you can jump on there. But you can see who painted what. Uh, links to their Instagram and stuff and uh, and where that money is going. So um, I painted up a cheeky Manfred to throw in because how could I not do uh, a Manfred in anything? So, yeah, it, we, the, um, the ticket sales have been really good. Uh, I'm super thankful to the community. Um, I think somebody asked me earlier in the week, um, like, how it was going and if I was happy with it. And I sort of said to them, when stuff like this comes up, when there are charity things and when there is the opportunity to do good with the hobby, our community is gold class, outstanding, super generous with both time and money. Um, and it makes me super proud to be a part of it. Um, so, yeah, thank you to all those who have bought tickets. Um, but if you haven't yet, you've got until the end of the month uh, and then we're going to draw. I'll probably draw them live on Twitch. Yeah, that's awesome. So. And speaking of CanCon, I don't know if anyone has any plans about CanCon. Obviously, CanCon's cancelled. Uh, some people are thinking about hobby streams or maybe, uh, you know, bringing each other back. I know uh, there are some events happening very locally. So uh, keep an eye out if you are in Australia. Things might be happening. I don't know. I know a certain person in the chat or was in the chat was considering some things. Uh, but but who knows? Uh, we did have Adepticon at home, um, but who knows what Australia is going to be like. It's uh, definitely get onto the charity. I will put the links in the uh, episode description, but uh, heraldsaward.com forward slash charity raffle. And um, when I look at the range here, you know, you've got Sean Benson, James Lynch, you know, well, forget Clint for a second. Uh, you got Brant, you got Travis, you got James Mabry, you got Gemma Shepherd, you got Sloan from New Zealand. Uh, all eight of these people, including yourself, Clint, are very talented, very professional outstanding painters so regardless of which one you go for um you are going to get yourself a sweet model should you uh should you win it but more importantly you're supporting some pretty awesome uh charities along the way so um kudos to you guys for for organizing this it's it's really all about the uh the painters putting their time and efforts in so yeah who do you cut across like shout out to cut across like uh that's, like that's, that's a, trash. A that's a big model. That's a like not to not to like uh, I'm not saying anything about anyone else's model because they're all awesome. Like I look at is that Sloan? I think yeah, uh, yep, Sloan did that. That's awesome. Like Gemma Shepherd did the uh, the the Nurgle unit. Like, they're all awesome. They are all. I I would be happy. I, I went all in. I did uh, I did one of everything uh, plus a few extras. But if I won any of these, I'd be super super impressed. I'd be so happy to get any of these, uh, including Manfred in on on foot on horse on horse. My that is my favorite GW model of all time. So I had to paint that. So Dan. Thank you very much. Anything you want to shout out? If people want to go see more about danaoshorts.com, uh, awesome blog, uh, not so awesome Facebook. I noticed you haven't updated your Facebook in over six months, so uh, get back onto that. Um, Facebook is awful. Don't go on it. <laughs> it's July. It's been so long. 
uh, but you are very active on Twitter, so go give Dan a follow. His links in the below as well, and the the blog is awesome. Um, very very informative. You'll see a lot of cool stuff from the community, but also lists and comparisons. And he'll be putting up a seven thousand word article very soon about <laughs> Sarah. So if you're interested in practical insights, uh, harass him on Twitter and ask him when is the article, and then. Uh, it's almost like your dad, like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Is the article up? Is the article up? And just, like, harass him until he puts it out. Don't yeah. make me turn this blog around. <laughs> that way I'm going to the podcast. <laughs> Shut it all down. <laughs> toys up. But, uh, Dan, any shout-outs, anything you want to say before kind of, we kind of bring this home? Uh, not really. Um, nothing particular to shout out apart from just everyone uh, be kind to each other and have an awesome 2021. And may everybody succeed in their hobby goals. Oh, virtual hugs. Yeah. I'm just going to leave you hanging there. Oh, uh, <laughs> and, and anyone who listens to this in podcast form is like, why is this a weird silence? Clint. Uh, you've had enough shout-outs, dude. You, you, you've relaunched your podcast. You've shouted yourself out on Tuesdays to Twitch. You know, go check out Clint. It's a, a very fun show. I like jumping in there just to annoy Clint at times uh, and detract, distract him from what he's trying to do. But Clint, and obviously you've got the charity rifle as well, so go check that out. Definitely uh, donate some cash to a worthy cause while picking up a sweet bottle potentially. But Clint, anything else you'll, um, you'll want to shout-out? No, I've done all my shout outs. Catch me on Twitch on cat yeah, that's fine. Uh, catch me on Twitch on, on Tuesdays. Go buy a raffle ticket and you'll you'll know when the podcast's out because I will be splashing that everywhere. So more importantly, Adam will be annoying the crap out of everyone again. I noticed he tagged me today with a smart ass comment, which must mean Adam is back. He has been quiet. Uh and uh that that now add one and one together, I can uh, that makes complete sense. How many? Yeah. Come on, Clint, give us a give us a shout out. How many references to the chase are there in the return episode of Hells of War? <laughs> I'm not at liberty to say. <laughs> well, we're going to have to uh, listen to that episode, team. Uh, Heralds of War, go put it in your podcast stream. Something is coming very soon. You won't want to miss it. It'll be the hottest thing in your ear since WAP. Please don't do that. Don't look at me like I'm using using cool people uh, new, new millennial kid references. Like that's that's the lingo, right? Like, aren't you the oldest uh, one here? Shut up. <laughs> Time to wrap up. Shut yeah. Up. All, right. <laughs> All right, we're ending, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out. You know the deal. Like, subscribe, hashtag best best discussion ever. Uh, if you have any hobby goals, I'd love to hear about them. Uh, I legitimately would love to hear what your hobbies are, hobby goals are for the year. Uh, and let's bring this home, Dan. We've got to show this. This is what Dan spent his 2020 doing. That was Dan drilling bases for his deepkin before round one of a tournament, literally yeah. on the day in a car park. Yeah. In my defense, I had a power cut the night before, so I lost the entire evening's hobby before going to the event and had to be up at 4 a.m. to travel to the event. But, yes, that was me drilling bases and flight stands in a car park before round one. I'm going to end the stream with a beautiful comment from uh, Badax who said, Dan went from Grimgast to using Inspiring Presence. So that was beautiful. Yeah.
Dan, Clint, thank you very much. Uh, it was an awesome little chat that we had, and uh, I'll see you guys on the next hobby stream. Yeah. I hope you found that discussion valuable. If you did, give the video the old thumbs up. And if you have a comment or an insight, leave it in the comment section below. The champions over here are my AOS Coach Patreons and YouTube members. So you guys are bloody legends. Thank you for all the support. If you want to know more about the support programs, the links are below down here in the episode description, along with a link to the Discord server, so we can continue this conversation. Until next time, don't forget to name your characters and have a good one.